Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pater by Impact Sports. This is episode number 64, and I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me in the booth, Mr. Brian Klemecki. How you doing, Brian? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Um, we were kind of shooting the breeze about the NBA finals. We're pretty bad at predicting what happens. Yeah. Because <laughs> we both thought the Celtics were going to get bounced last round. Yeah. I've been playing more with my heart than with my head. Yeah. Let's put it there. So uh, Golden State ties it up 1-1. Do you want to make one final prediction on, on the record here on who wins the finals? Look, uh, this is probably going to be wrong, but I've been on saying Warriors in five. Warriors in five. So they're not losing another game. <coughs> I've, I said that pre-finals. I'm sticking with my guns. Um, yeah, I think my opinion will probably change three times before this thing's over. Because we'll right now, uh, I think I would agree with you. I think Warriors probably in six. I think Boston gets Might drop one more. Gets one more at home. Sure. And then, I, but I think I think the Warriors clinch. But every time I've counted the Celtics out, they've I, won. I hear you, man. I hear you. Because I thought the Bucks were going to beat them in six. Yeah. Um, and then who'd they play in the finals? The Heat. The Heat. The Heat looked good after. Yeah, if Jimmy Buckets doesn't just you know shoot a three on the run there, I think they might have tied it up with overtime and might have got him. But or if that shot goes in, but yeah, man, I just can't stand the Celtics. I, I really <laughs> when that when Jimmy hit that or when he pulled up that shot when it was ninety eight ninety six and took that three, I don't think anyone thought that was going in except for Jimmy and Clank. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot or shoot. Um, yeah, but the Warriors looked good last night. I was telling you, I didn't, I didn't catch any of it, but I was following on Twitter and, you know, 30 points, 30 points. Hey, Kayvon Looney, Jordan Poole, little Milwaukee boys holding it down for the, the dubs out there. Not to mention, like, you get that Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green who kind of does everything. Yeah. It's a tough big three to beat. Yeah. Especially when you got Tatum, who's young, Brown, who's young, and... They're all young. Robert Williams, Marcus Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Grant Williams. Other than Al Horford. Old man Al Horford. Did you see the meme that came out with uh, the Ninja Turtles? <laughs> no. Is he, is he Splinter? Uh, yeah, he's Splinter. So, like, <laughs> in the bubble, it was, or it was, no, it was when all of them were babies, like uh, Tatum's rookie year. Al Horford is, like, the man leading the team, and he's, he's, he's Splinter with the little baby Ninja Turtles. Yeah. And then now it's, he's old Splinter, and they're all, like, walking with a cane, and all the grown Ninja Turtles are, you know, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Time Lord. It's pretty funny. That's funny. <clears throat> that is funny. So we'll see what happens there. But back to the world of football. Uh, so we got the AFC West on the docket today. Um, but before we get to that, um, I wanted to talk a little NIL. Uh, anybody who listens regularly knows this is kind of my soapbox. I'm kind of sick of schools and ADs and coaches complaining about it. Um, there's an article from On3, On3.com, uh, that talked about what some of these conferences are making in terms of media deals. And, and this is just the conference. This isn't even the school with ticket sales and concessions and things like that. This is just like media deals and other things that the conference organizes. The Big 12 last year, in the 2021-2022 fiscal year, $42.6 million in revenue. 
distributed among the 10 schools in that conference, that's you know, $42.5 million per school that's yeah. being brought in. So that's, again, before <clears throat> ticket sales, concessions, parking, merchandise, all that other stuff that the school makes from. That was a 25% increase from the year before and a 10% jump from the pre-pandemic peak. And that's the that's the Big 12. Yeah. Which is probably fourth. Yeah, it's not even SEC country. It's not SEC. Big 10's always second, and I would probably put the ACC. Yeah. Just from Clemson, Clemson Virginia Miami, Miami, Florida State. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12 is pretty much Texas and Oklahoma. Texas, Oklahoma. You got Oklahoma Iowa State. State. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so you compare that to the SEC, who brought in $833 million, which was an, a cool increase of $105 million. <clears throat> And then the Big 10, $680 million. So you start distributing, I mean, the Big Ten, it's kind of funny, the Big Ten has, I think, 14 teams and the Big 12 has 10 teams, so you got to kind of do some quick math there. But you figure $50 million a school. Yeah. You put that in the context of Ryan Day's comments, when this is on The Athletic, he said that they needed $13 million in NIL money to keep their current roster. Yeah. And everybody's like, oh, my God, $13 million. If you were doing like a revenue split, like is in professional sports of 50-50, there's still another $27 million (laughs) to be had there, or another $17 million on top of that 13 that would be a quote-unquote 50-50 split. Yeah. So That's wild to think about. And like all these these programs are kind of saying, woe is me, like, oh, look at $13 million to keep my roster intact of all these all-star, five-star recruits, and you're claiming $13 million is kind of, like you're hinting like, oh, that's a lot. Meanwhile, the back door, you're pulling in $45 million just from, you know, the conference, um, not even ticket sales, not even concessions, all the parking you're talking about. Like you're making oodles and oodles of money off the backs of these 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids. Absolutely. And you're going to kind of shame them from taking, you know, $500,000 NIL deal or a million dollar, um, you know, that one uh, quarterback from Texas, uh, Tennessee getting $8 million, you know, sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Like, kids, I am all with you. Get your money. The I don't, I would shame these programs. This is ridiculous. Well, <clears throat> and, you know, these schools – and I get it. The old guard. You think of the like. I just think of like the classic like seventy-five-year-old school president who's never yeah. had to, you know, shell some money out. Is now <laughs> looking at shelling out fifteen, twenty million dollars a year. But if you look at it, if if these schools were smart, they would embrace this instead of fighting it. Mm-hmm. Because right now the boosters are paying the majority of it. Yeah. Or you know all of it. And you said, well, wink, wink. You know, yeah. I'm sure some of these schools are in cahoots of who they want and how much they should be paying. I get yeah. all that, but it's at the end of the day, a lot of it's boosters putting their own money into these collectives. They're doing their own fundraising efforts. Like these 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 athletes aren't considered employees yet. The schools aren't the ones paying it. And so, if I'm a school president, I'm embracing this. Like, mm-hmm. let's put some parameters around it. Yeah, let's put a cap. Like, even if you did. $5 million per recruiting class. Mm-hmm. That's $20 million for your roster every year. Right. You're still making more than 50% based on these conference numbers, at least if you're in a Power 5 school. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do that? Everyone's happy. The athletes feel like they win. You can put some rules around it to create some fairness so that one school is not spending $100 million and another school is spending six. Like you can, you know, build around it. 
and everybody kind of wins and the university is still making out. Yeah. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to fight this because they don't want to spend a dime Mm -hmm. and then they're going to get killed. Yep. And then they're going to be employees and now the school's going to be the one paying. Nobody, you shouldn't want that. Do you think there's a universe in far, far away from today's point that the NCAA just like collapses in like the football respect and like there's like a minor league that kind of creates its own thing? The SEC's probably three years away from that. You think so? <clears throat> so the the SEC, when they bring in Oklahoma and Texas, will be up to is it 16? 16 teams. And they're talking about having their own eight-team playoff. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so what they're going to do, like this is all like just in talks right now at their SEC meetings, but essentially what they're proposing is, okay, we're going to have our own playoff, and then the winner of our playoff will play whoever else for the national championship. <laughs> That's wild. That is wild, but it's kind of like what the NFL and the AFL used to do. So what you could see is the, okay, you'll probably have more teams join the SEC. I could see the SEC becoming a 20-22 team league. Okay. You take eight teams in their little bubble, make yeah. it a playoff, and then you probably have some combination of who's ever left in the ACC, the Big 10, and the Big 12, maybe a couple teams from the Pac-12, You'll have like two 20-team leagues. Question for you. Could this ever be like soccer where there's relegation? Oh, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. American sports is is missing relegation. Like, not like NFL. Like, that's too wild. But like college. Like, hey, You got Vanderbilt versus Arkansas for a relegation spot. Yes, yes. That, I would watch that. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. You know, I just got chills It's like Wisconsin, Iowa. Like, whoever wins this game, you get to go to the SEC next year, bro. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, we have a chance. Or, yeah, but even if you had like like two 24-team leagues, right? You got the top 12 and the bottom 12. Yeah, and then you're fighting. You're in the top twelve. You're in the top or the bottom twelve's championship game to move up. Yes. Next year, and then you're, you know you're at the bottom. You got a chance to move down. We need to start this on Twitter, man. This idea relegation yeah. in in SEC. Well, and then you have two twenty four team leagues. Yeah. They each have their own little like playoff system, and then the two winners of those leagues play for a championship every year. This is, I think, this is the golden ticket here, right here, man. And then you can set parameters around spending. Yes. Give athletes some collective bargaining rights, and by collective bargaining rights, they don't have to unionize, but just so everybody has a voice. You get out of all the legal stuff by doing that. Athletes get paid. TV revenues will go bananas for this. Oh, for sure. I wow. mean, if you're the, if you're in the the group of five or you know sub FBS, you you'll probably still be in the NCAA. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But it, it's like that now. Yeah. So, and the best part about doing this is we can get rid of the week eight Alabama versus Alabama A and M game. Yeah, yes, for like sure. Like these quasi middle of the year bye weeks. Wisconsin versus Austin P. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, like no, you have the a Citadel. full you have a full 11 week schedule against teams in your league. Yeah. Dude, could you imagine like LSU being relegated to like the Mountain West for like a year? You want to talk about coaching carousels? Like you're in one of those blue blood programs, Auburn drops down. Yeah. That coach's getting fired. Oh, for sure. Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, they drop down. See ya. Yeah. Like it would be Yeah. And then you got to fight your way back up. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm here for it, man. I'm here for it. Let's get this done. Yeah. Let's. Uh, I'm gonna start. I, I agree with you, man. We're gonna put this on Twitter. <laughs> <clears throat> that would be a ton of fun, and and I do think that's the direction it's going. I think the SEC, it whatever the SEC decides to do, is what the rest of the world will follow. 
I totally agree. Yeah, they're the leader in sports in the football world, that is. Yeah. And you know what? If they want to... I've heard talks if they want to pull football out of the NCAA, perfect. Let the NCAA stay for basketball because the tournament's magic. Yeah. And if you if you do something different with men's basketball and even women's basketball, you'll lose March Madness. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to... I'm not a March Madness guy anymore. I've it's, it's uh, the one and done thing killed it for me. So I think the NCAA's got a little work to do on the one and done rule. Um, some people still like college basketball on the March Madness thing, and that's that's great for them. But like, I'm, I'm just not I, I'm not there with you on that one. Yeah, I hear you. Well, I, it'll be interesting too. I wonder. Well, I don't like watching George Mason versus like I don't know like Northwest Mexico State or New Mexico State like battle it out winning 56 to 60 you know I just I don't know uh, I like watching like my blue bloods I like watching talent I was I'm all about the JJ Reddick Adam Morrison era of that type of basketball guys stay around for 3 years they look like juggernauts you know, Tim Duncan stayed for 4 years Chris Paul wasn't a, Chris Paul wasn't even a one and done um, but now it's like every kid and their mother wants to be a one and done get to the league right away and it's kind of the NCAA is kind of set up like that. Like, well, the problem is the NBA, though. I know because the, the NBA is drafting. Like, yeah, like a, a perfect example, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr. here at yeah. UWM. Yeah, like he is a fine prospect. Yeah, and he's going to be a lottery pick or borderline lottery yeah. pick. He One should not done. come out. He shouldn't come out. No. Uh, another guy, Henry Allenson, that went to Marquette all those – that was right after I graduated. That big power forward? Yeah, from yeah. Rice Lake. Yeah. Comes out. He had a great first year. I think he was scoring like 20 points a game at Marquette. He decides to leave, and he was a top-ten pick. It's hard to blame the kid. If you're going to be a first-round pick, yeah. nothing's guaranteed in this world. Take your shot. Yeah. But he probably needed more time, and he ended up floating around the G League. I think he played maybe a season with the Pistons. Yeah. That's it. And I hate like the – like you have, you have to be drafted when you're 19. Otherwise, you're viewed as an older guy, and older guys have no potential. That's a bunch of baloney, man. You got Malcolm Brogdon out here, Jalen Brunson with the Mavs, like uh, Josh Hart, like you Jimmy got, Butler, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, like you got guys. Like sometimes just guys are late bloomers. You know, you don't got to be 19 and be you know John Dwayne, Morant. Right Dwayne now. Wade wasn't drafted until after yeah, his he's junior, a junior year. year. Yeah, like I don't know. Like I feel like the NCAA, the NBA has got to do something. Yeah, it's not going to get done because all about money. But what do you just, think about them just taking away the one and done rule and going back to where it was where you could go right out of high school? I'm for that. Because if you're then, good enough to come from out of high school, yeah. Then go. And then the guys that needed time to develop, they didn't feel rushed to leave. Yeah. Like, okay, I'll go stay. And, and like, I mean, if you come right out of high school and you think you're the man coming out of high school and you flame out, like, you know what? In this day and age, there's so many people out there and so many support groups and people around you and agents kind of telling you, like, yeah, you're good enough or yeah, you're not. You're flat out just not good enough. Like, if you want to be an 18 year old and just like throw away your whole like college experience and maybe your life trying to chase a dream here, trying to come out as a high school student and you flame out, like, that's kind of on you at this point. You know, it's not 1970 anymore. It's, you know, it's, we're in the 2020s here. Like, there's so much stuff. Uh, there's so much information available to you. Like, you know your body. You you have all these trainers around you. You have all your family, all your support group telling you yes or no. The problem is still, and this is coming from someone who is an agent, be careful who you surround yourself with. True. Especially with agents, especially with trainers, because some some guys and some women who are agents just want that clout, you know? Like, yeah. Hey, you should go because you're a first round pick, and that may be true. Yeah, 
but you know what? It might you could be you might be pick twenty this year. You might be pick six next year. Yeah. And now you got another year of development. And now with NIL, you can get paid. It's not even like you can't make any money. Right. There were actually a handful of guys in college basketball that decided to stay for another year that are making a million, two million dollars to stay. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt to develop. I, I'm I'm with you, man. All right. I think we're on to something with that. The relegation? Yes. Oh, dude, I'm so excited. That's a great idea. All right. Well, let's talk um let's talk AFC West. All right. Uh you have some you have some general questions, but I want one I want to ask you one first. Okay. Is it possible that this division is a dud? It's been a dud. It's been so hyped up by myself. Are you included. going to skip Bayless mode and just kind of putting things out there just to get a reaction out of me? I just think that this division <laughs> has extremely high expectations to live up to. Okay. Is there a universe where we're like, damn, you know what? This like is is there a universe where a team runs away with this division and it's like one team goes thirteen and four, and then a couple of other teams are like nine and eight, and then is there a team out there in this? There's division? no like Chicago Bears in this division, man. There's no like up. Someone just what two and two and fifteen? There's two no, and fifteen. I think is out of the question, but I think everyone's six at and least, eleven. Everyone's at least five hundred or better. I think. I would agree with you, but I I could also see like it's hard to win the NFL. Yeah. I could see a team going potentially like seven and nine, uh, seven and ten. Seven and ten. The new seventeen <laughs> week schedule still screws with my math, but right. Uh, I, I'm sticking with the everyone over five hundred. Who do you think would be the worst team? Who's who's the candidate to be seven and ten? The Raiders. The uh, the Raiders. You know the other thing too in the NFL, you all of these teams are a quarterback injury away from struggling sure yeah so there's there's that but barring they make it con kaepernick bro <laughs> uh barring a, i'm just gonna <laughs> just, just let that, that slide <laughs> <laughs> barring a a major injury if i had to pick a team it's it is probably the raiders but i mean you're right from a talent standpoint they're loaded yeah every team on the paper is loaded i mean yeah if someone breaks their leg week two sure someone might flame out and go you know five and twelve sure but like going into it, everyone's healthy just like the rest of the league everyone everyone's presumed health right now i don't see why any team should be under 500 you got the raiders have a high flying offense you got Carr, adams renfro waller jacobs um you got a good pass rush there uh, Chiefs, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Got Mahomes, Reed. That that's not going to go anywhere. Um, Chargers, Chargers, your your little favorite there. Mm-hmm. You know, my boy Herbert. Um, they loaded up on defense. J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, Joey Boza. Like you know, you got stars over Derwin James, and then the round out you get the Broncos. The Broncos made the, probably the biggest splash of the offseason getting Russell Wilson. Yeah, and Russell Wilson's a winner. And they they did a good job building that roster. Sure did, man. And like looking back on it, now we'll get into it. But that trade, that trade was great. I mean, you yes. get that. I, I think they they easily won that trade. I think. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what the Seahawks picks turn into. That's the big question mark. But you get a guy like Russell Wilson, and the best part with like when you trade for a quarterback like that, you you're only taking on his base salary. Mm-hmm. So his cap hit is like 
$20 million this year, which is pennies for a top mm-hmm. 10 quarterback. Yep, yep. So, I mean, you got Russell Wilson. You finally got him probably his best offensive line of his career. You got two great running backs. You got some receivers. Uh, I mean, we'll get into it, get to the Broncos section, but I don't see how any of these teams can be just trash or just dud, flame out. Like, they all have studs everywhere. I guess the one wild card is half the division has new head coaches. You got Nathaniel Hackett and, and, Mike Ma- and uh, Josh, Josh McDaniels. McDaniels. Josh McDaniel's second stint as a head coach, yeah. and he's kind of a Belichick protege, so we'll see what he learned. Yeah. And then you got Nathaniel Hackett. I did think it was interesting that the Broncos seem to be all in on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, they made Nathaniel Hackett Everything. head coach. They brought in the quarterback coaches, right? The quarterback coach is their offensive coordinator. Tight ends coach. It was... They brought another a guy over, yeah. Yeah, another Green Bay guy. Yeah, <laughs> I think like <laughs> they went all in, and then Rogers signs an extension. They're like, shit, pivot, pivot. <laughs> yeah. All right, like hey, is Russell. I think, I think it was yeah. Like as soon as Rogers signed that extension, it was like all right. Next, like twenty four hours later, it was like oh, Russell's a Denver Bronco now. Yeah. <laughs> and then like their owner came out, was like, yeah, it wasn't a coincidence. We wanted Russell the entire time. You did not. No, that no. is a lie. <laughs> uh, all right, so you know. Who do I got winning the division this year? Uh, I had to go look at my prediction board because Mike and I had broke this division down kind of during the free agency standpoint. So I got the Chargers winning the division this year. Okay. Um, I love what they've done. They've they are like the opposite of the Cincinnati Bengals in that they've been for the last two to three years really loading up on offensive line talent mm-hmm. um, to give Herbert you know, the protection that he needs. They re-signed Mike Williams. I thought for maybe a little bit more than he was worth. He got 20. 20 million, yeah. So now you got two $20 million wide receivers, him and Keenan Allen. Um, but, man, you look at what Eckler was able to do. You got those two studs on the outside. And then they added a ton of veteran help on that mm-hmm. defense. I thought the trade with Khalil Mack was great. I thought it was good for the Bears, too. I know a lot of people kind of ripped the Bears apart, but – you got what you could for a 32, 33-year-old Khalil Mack. Yeah. And now you give – the Chargers give Mack a chance to kind of have a rebirth here because he's going to get a ton of single teams because Bosa is going to get all of the attention. Um, And then you add J.C. Jackson. You already got some studs back there through the draft. Sebastian Joseph Day on yep. D-tackle. That was a big one was they couldn't stop a nosebleed on the run. And yes. now they got some beef up front, so hopefully they can. I mean, if this, if this team stays healthy, I think they kind of got it all. Yeah, and I like that they're they know that they have probably a two year window now with Herbert before he's going to get the bag. So it's like, all right, let's go all in. We're gonna, yeah, we'll pay eighty five, which actually is kind of a bargain for J C Jackson, all pro. He only got was it five for eighty five? Yeah. It's kind of a bargain when you look at what Jair got. Some of these other corners are going to get. Yeah, oh, I, I like the way they've built that roster. I I mean I can't argue with you. They got a great roster. Uh, my pick though is the Denver Broncos. Mm. I got them winning the division. You got Russell Wilson. You got Cortland Sutton on the outside. Jerry Judy comes back healthy. Um, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick. You got four like 
legitimately good wide receivers that he can throw the ball to. Yep. This might be his best wide receiving core top to bottom. Um, Albert O takes over for Noah Fant, and Albert o, Albert o is no slouch. He's got a nice combine. I think he runs like a 4-5 as a tight end. Um, Javante Williams might be his best running back he's ever played with. Uh, Melvin Gordon is no slouch. Mm-hmm. Um, best offensive line he's also played with probably. So, like, there's a lot of things trending in Russell Wilson's favor here. Defensively, you look at it, you got Draymond Jones. You got DJ Jones coming over from San Fran. DJ Jones helped shore up the run defense. Uh, they he, brought in uh, Lawrence, uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, no, not Demarcus uh, Lawrence. Randy, Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Wrong Texas defensive end. Um, yeah, Randy Randall's. Gregory. Uh, Bradley Chubb play, didn't, like, play at all last year because of injury, so he's coming back. So, I mean, Patrick Sertain takes another leap here. He's in year two. Uh, Justin Simmons, I like him. Like they, I mean, there's stars everywhere on that, on that team too. There are, and then you got the Chiefs, who are the Chiefs. Chief, I, yeah. You know the thing I worry about the Chiefs. I, I, they're, offensively, they're going to be fine. Like yes. I know, I know there's been a ton of talk. Like, oh, what's this going to look like with Tyreek Hill? That uh, Tyreek Hill, you can't replace Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But that offense is going to be fine. Yeah. Sky Moore is going to fit in. Yeah. You still got Kelsey. Yeah. Like, they're going to be okay. Yep defensively i think is where i worry with that team a little bit really um yeah it's just i kind of like their defense it, it's just you're in you're in this division i don't know if they've done enough like the chargers have like the broncos have everyone's gonna have to score points dude no one's stopping these quarterbacks maybe maybe yeah. oh i'll take the back maybe the chargers can they have probably the most well-balanced roster the Chargers, mm-hmm. uh, they might be able to hold teams under thirty sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, like no one's stopping Russell Wilson from putting up thirty with those weapons. Same thing with Pat Mahomes; he's going to get his thirty ball. Um, and then you got uh, Derek Carr, who's stopping with Adams, Waller, Renfro, Jacobs. Yeah, like well, and you know that leads us to Oakland. <laughs> J- J- like J.C. Jackson can like cover so many guys. You Las, know what I mean, Las Vegas, Las Vegas. Leads us to the Raiders, the quote unquote worst team in the division. Yeah, stacked. Yes, and you got Max Crosby on defense. Chandler Jones comes Chandler in. Chandler Jones comes in. We'll see what he can do. I mean, he's kind of like look if you ageless. get a, if you get a lead if you're up fourteen and you can unleash Max and and Chandler Jones. Yep. it's like the Peyton Manning recipe of the indie days. Like you mm-hmm. have Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney, and we'll figure the rest out later. Yeah, and you just go get the quarterback. Like man, if you're up fourteen and you're in the fourth quarter, good luck trying to come back on that. It was just like a, a nuclear style arms race in this yeah. division. This oh, uh, this offseason was so much fun. Yeah. Um. So you, your next question is: Can every team? in this division make the playoffs. So all three wild cards coming out of the same. Hasn't been done before because there hasn't been the seven teams. Yeah. But is this the first time it's going to be done? Um, No, just because it's, it's so hard. It is very hard. But Um, because I think, like you should have said, everyone just loaded up here. So the AFC South is, I think probably only one team gets out. Yeah. And I'm going to go Colts. Me too. Okay. Um, and then you got the AFC East. So you'd have Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, probably just Buffalo. Okay. Miami's a team to watch there. All right. And then you got the North. I think the North will get two. 
Who's, who, yeah, one of the Cincinnati well, winning it. Since he won it in Baltimore, maybe. Yeah, who knows what Cleveland's going to be looking like? The four game Deshaun Watson suspension. If if <laughs> if if, it, if it's true that he only gets four, even six games, Cleveland's going to be a team to did watch. Did you did you see the message I sent you yesterday about his lawyer? I don't know what the hell his lawyer is doing. <laughs> First of all, why are you taking interviews about this when it's not resolved yet? Yep. And second of all, stop saying happy endings aren't per se illegal. Like, <laughs> okay, but they're not great either. It's not a good look. Like uh, Deshaun Watson, maybe we need to hire some uh, another lawyer here. Cause not to mention, did you see another person came forward? Or two, yes. two people came forward. It's up yeah. to 24 women. Yep. Not a good look, man. Stop talking. I think he might be done for the year, but we'll get to that one to the AFC North. But I think the, I think the North is good enough to have at least two teams. We'll see. Baltimore and, I mean, you have some pretty bold predictions when it comes to records, so we can talk about that when, yeah. we, when we get there. Um, Is there a Super Bowl champ in this division? I'll let you go first on that one. I think if I had to put money down, I'm taking one of the four teams to win it. Mm-hmm. I think. Oddsmakers in Vegas still have Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, yeah. But. I think I'm still taking the Chiefs. I don't have the Chiefs winning the division, but when it comes down to January... Playoff experience. I think Mahomes in the playoffs... Mahomes and Reed, playoff experience. Like Nathaniel Hackett, what, he has no experience. Russell Wilson, he's great and all, but Nathaniel he's Hackett's calling the two plays. Yeah, I know. So is Mahomes. Mahomes won the four straight AFC championship games. Yeah. And he just, uh, just took Josh Allen's, out, Josh Allen's heart out and stomped on it last time we saw this i i the the big the the big thing about getting the super bowl out of the afc this year is let's just for simplicity of argument say it's buffalo and and the afc west buffalo could has a much easier road to going 13 and 4 yeah the division they play in and if the afc championship has to run through buffalo that's very different than patrick mahomes doing it at home in arrowhead yeah. I mean, we'll see how it all plays out. And, you know, if someone's able to kind of dethrone Kansas City and now you got like L.A. or Denver that has to travel across the country to Buffalo, Buffalo in middle of January is no easy place to play. I hear you, man. I hear you. I just uh, I just don't know if Buffalo's going to get the one seed. They, I mean, they have all the tools to do it. <clears throat> It probably the easy one of the easier divisions to do it. Uh, I just think that one of those four teams out west, they have you have Mahomes who has the championship experience. You have Russell Wilson who has champ- championship experience. None of that. Nathaniel Hackett doesn't. Derek Carr is no slouch. That man, he made the playoffs last year without John Gruden with the whole John Gruden mess. Yeah. The whole Henry Ruggs mess. And they beat L.A. in Week 18 to get there. To get there. Um. So I mean, I, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a great quarterback. And then you got Herbert. He's you know the rising young good star. He might be a top five quarterback in the league. You know he's got the, probably the most well balanced roster in the league. Um. You, you know you got Cleo Mack. Um. J. C. Jackson has some some pedigree there. Like. I mean, they got some ballers out west, man. So uh, no doubt about it. I just think I think home field is going to be the the big thing in the AFC this year, okay. especially for teams like if if the Chargers get home field advantage, it doesn't mean anything. I agree. Uh, if Vegas gets it, probably doesn't mean much. 
if Kansas City gets it, that means a ton. And if Buffalo gets it, it means a ton. Okay. Yeah. Just from Arrowhead's Arrowhead with the noise and everything. Buffalo, it's the weather. But like, mm. so you have these high, and, and here's why I say it. you have these high flying offenses. Yeah. Buffalo included, by the way, but you have these high-flying offenses in the AFC West, and now you got to go play in Buffalo where it's 10 degrees and the wind's whipping 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Like, now it becomes which team's built for that. Yeah. And could, like, a Chargers team do it with, like, an Eckler-led running attack? Sure. And they still – and all these teams have good defenses we just talked about, so it's not like they can't go in there and win. Yeah. But that's a very different game than winning 42 to 35. That was my next point. Like, if it's snowing, I mean, obviously they beat the brakes off of the Patri- the Patriots when it was 40 to nothing in the, in the snow, right? Mm-hmm. Patriots, they don't have an offense. But if it's 10, 10 degrees out and there's a foot of snow outside and you're hoping that, like, James Cook or Devin Singletary can get you 100 yards and two touchdowns, like, I'm not, I'm not going to put my money on that. Versus, like... Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs running through you, you know, Patrick Mahomes. I'm still taking Patrick Mahomes for Josh Allen. Mm. He beat him head to head in Arrowhead. In Arrowhead, on a on a crazy last two minutes. Okay, I, I'm just saying that's how close those two teams are. They're very close. I'm still taking Mahomes by a hair. It's not like a leap. It, yeah, like, it's a by a hair. Mahomes mm. got the ring. Mahomes beat him. Yeah, I don't know. I just think home field advantage. Whoever had home field advantage is, is the team I would pick. Okay. So if it's in Arrowhead, I'm taking the Chiefs. All right. Fair enough. I'm I'm there with you. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think it's. I think you're gonna have like the winner of the AFC West versus Buffalo in the AFC Championship. So you're saying. Like, and and by winner of the AFC West, I mean there's probably going to be like a mini little tournament in the playoffs. Oh yeah. Where yeah. you'll have the two seed. Chiefs playing the <laughs> six seed, you know, right, and then it'll be like a little AFC West playoff, and then you'll have so Buffalo. you give no shot to Indy, no shot to ben, the Bengals or the Baltimore Ravens, like even to enter this discussion. Uh, I don't think Baltimore's got a shot, okay, that's just how I feel. Um, Unless Lamar can get back to 2018, 2019 Lamar. And if he can do that, then they have a good enough defense to yeah. get him there. Uh, Cincinnati, history is not on their side. Super Bowl losers have tended to take a step back. On the flip side, they've beefed up their offensive line finally. Mm-hmm. Mixon had a great year behind a bad offensive line. And you got Joey Burrow yeah. and Jamar Chase. Defensively, can they do enough? Like um, Jesse Bates said, he's not showing up to camp until he gets a contract. Yeah. Like, now you got to start dealing with that crap. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Just want to get your pulse on that. Yeah. So you're saying I mean, AFC West or Buffalo, pretty much? Today, that would be where I'd put my money. Okay. <clears throat> um, the AFC playoffs, though, are going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, I can't wait. I just hope everybody stays healthy. You yeah, have so much star yes. power on that side. Like, I just hope everybody's healthy. Yeah, like, I don't want like, a whole, like, Derek Carr, like, 13-3 and three season. It breaks his leg, and then they have no shot. Yeah. You know? Like, no, no, no. that was pretty sad. Give me the AFC at full strength. Yes. Like, give me Burrow versus Herbert, and give me even, like, Lamar versus Josh Allen. Like, let me see, like, a full. This is crazy. It's going to be a crazy season, man. I'm I'm so excited. 
Does the MVP come out of the AFC, or is the AFC too hard to have? Does the A does the MVP come out of the AFC? So, or do yeah. you roll with like a Rodgers or a Brady who's coming out of a weaker NFC? I'm going, <laughs> I'm going AFC. You got you got Lamar, you got Mahomes, you got Josh Allen. Give me those one of those three. Versus Rodgers with no receivers, Ta- Tampa. And then you got the young guys, Burrow, Herbert. Oh, yeah, you got Burrow. Yeah, AFC. <laughs> AFC. Um, last question before we get to the team-specific categories. Which QB is under the most pressure? Um, Specifically out of the AFC West? Yeah. I'm going to go Mahomes. Really? He's got a ring already. It's been the four straight uh, AFC championships. Exactly. The expectations are high, sky high. He are lost, they, though? They lost Tyreek Hill. I mean, I think everyone is tempering expectations a little bit. Yeah, but I think the same could be said for Denver and Vegas with new head coaches. Okay. And it's hard to put high expectations on Herbert in L.A. I disagree. But because... Okay. I mean, I guess maybe from the standpoint they haven't been there yet. That's the thing. They haven't been. If they don't make the playoffs again. Yeah, you're wasting your window. Yeah, and you're like, hey, Herbert, what's what's going on, man? Like, I love Herbert. I wouldn't blame Herbert. I think if they don't make the playoffs again, I think it's on that head coach um, and his new AG analytics and all that other stuff. Don't get me started. I couldn't. (laughs) Oh, my God. Going for two every time. Yeah, all that crap. Fourth down every single time, no matter what. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so you say Mahomes, I'm saying Herbert. What do you think about? I mean, you could make a case. I think the one guy who's probably pretty safe from a quote unquote pressure standpoint is Derek Carr. Yeah, he just signed a new deal. He's got his best friend in Adams. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say like, look at how much they're spending. You need to perform, but I I don't get that sense. I think you could make a case for Herbert for not being there. You could definitely make a case for Russell Wilson for what that organization gave up to get him. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yes. Like, and they have a good roster everywhere else. So it's like, hey, bro, we <laughs> gave up 18 draft picks. and Yeah. But I think it's Mahomes. I just think – like I think even like to bring this back to the NFC North, like I think Rodgers probably feels the most pressure just because you're expected to win. Okay. And this division's not just a cakewalk like the NFC North is. I think your expe- expectations and my expectations of the Chiefs are a little bit different. Like, you think they're still, like, prime Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, high-flying offense, uh, guaranteed, like, AFC championship. I'm not there. Like, I think they, they could get there, but, like, I'm tempering expectations with the loss of Tyreek Hill. I, I think they'll make playoffs, but I'm not saying they're running away with all of this like they have been the past two years. I, I mean, I think you're right. But so, it, so does but does that put pressure at Mahomes to continue this level of success? No, I had? think I think you say, hey, look, Mahomes lost his you know wide receiver one. It's not going to be on him. They're retooling. You know, it's not like they're you know they're tearing everything down. They're just retooling. Yeah. It's gonna, it might take a you know it might take a year or two, but. I think I think Herbert has the more pressure because everything's coming back. You got Austin Eckler, you got Mike Will, you got Keenan Allen, you got 
you know, Slater, Corey Lindsley, you know, uh, another first round draft pick in Zion Johnson. Like they mm. invested all of this resources into you. Everything's, you know, stays the same. They have cohesion, same coaching staff for like the first time in like five years, even going back to college. Like everything is built for him. And if he still doesn't get to the playoffs and there's going to be some questions raised about Justin Herbert. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, whenever you talk about like who's the blame or where's the pressure lie. Like if he goes out and throws 4,500 yards and, and 40 touchdowns and they still don't make the playoffs, it's hard to blame Herbert. True. True. Yes. I agree there. So, well, I guess it'll depend on. I think Herbert how is a top how five they, guy, but if they if they if they pull another, oh, we lost in week eighteen, we missed it by a field goal, we, we're going home, not going to the playoffs. What do you do from there? Yeah, like they should have been in the playoffs last year. They should have. And the he they choked. I say he choked, but they choked. Mm-hmm. But if they do it again this year and they choke again, there's yeah. going to be some questions. Well, and. Not only is there questions, but your window's shrinking. Yeah. Because Herbert's going to be a 40, I can guarantee million. 45 million plus quarterback. Oh, yeah. And it might be 50 plus. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'd say probably 50, 55 in two years from now. Well, he can sign this after this season. And if the but Chargers if, are smart, they can do it this wait, year. Yeah, but if you wait, you're, that money's going to be there for you. But if you wait, you'll get more. Yes. But the Chargers should not wait. No, but I'm neither should I'm Herb, the Bengals. If I'm, yeah, but if I'm Herbert Herb and Burrow, I'm, if I'm Herbert and Burrow, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to see who blinks first, and then I'll sign. So if Burrow, if I'm Burrow, I'm waiting for Herbert to sign. Shit, I think Lamar wants both these guys to sign first. That's not happening. Why is he sign a deal? I, I don't know, man. That's, that's a that's a that's a <laughs> conversation for another day. <laughs> I think he's waiting for both these guys to get their extensions first. Um. All right. So, where do you want to start? You want to start with KC right away? Yeah, let's do the Chiefs. All right. Um, how do we think the departure of Tyree Kill changes the offensive philosophy? I'm gonna go. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. I, from a philosophical standpoint, they're still gonna want to spread the field. They got like Tyree Kill light in Sky Moore. Yeah. I think it's still gonna be spread it and gun it. Like I don't see this offense like running the ball more or really. You don't, I don't think there's more quick passing game. You don't think there's more run game. There might be more quick passing game, but it's still going to be spread them out and you know use Kelsey in the middle. They um, got Scantling, who's you know a deep threat. You got Sky Moore, who's good in space. I mean, I think they're still going to try and space people out and. You still got Michael Harbin there too. Yeah. So yeah, you got a bunch of guys that can fly still. And you got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You're gonna give him the opportunity to win you the game. They're not gonna handcuff him and throw the ball twenty times a game. He's still gonna chuck it. I think Patrick Mahomes I think he'll still have around forty touchdowns. I think he'll still be under like ten picks. I mean he had a little interception problem this past year trying to force and do too much. Um Trying to force the ball downfield at Tyreek Hill, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, So Tyreek Hill, his whole thing was that everyone's going to go deep, or he's going deep every time, and they all, everyone basically played like cover two, or, you know, two safeties high, and then Mahomes kept forcing it over and over and over. Do you think that they've learned their lesson, though, and they're just going to take what they give them? Well, I think they're going to be played completely different. 
So there's no two more too high safety anymore. Uh, if there is, who's it going to be on? Like, like you said, you just had you know Miko Harmon. Everyone can fly on this team. You don't think? Yeah, that, but I don't. I, you'll still see two high safety, but you, like there's not going to be automatic double coverage on Tyree Kill. Okay. Like Sky Moore is not going to get that level of attention as a rookie. I agree. Scantling is a one trick pony. I agree. So, uh, I mean, Kelsey might get the majority of double teams. To be honest, you might have a linebacker underneath and a safety over the top. Yeah. Um, so I think the Chiefs are going to see defenses that they're not used to seeing. They might get blitzed more. You might have teams taking more chances. That's bad news for that man. For the Chiefs or for the defense? For the defenses. Yeah. Go ask Baltimore how that works out for them. They get 40 ball. Again, with Tyreek Hill. True, but... I'm... Yeah, with Tyreek Hill, but Patrick Mahomes is so smart, and now he, being like year five, wherever he is now, he's seen every defense, and he's so smart. He's, he's so talented. Like I would not blitz him. He's like to me, he's already like Brady. Whereas like if you blitz Brady, he's gonna just dice you up. Yeah. I, I, my point is that he's just. I think they're gonna see defenses that they haven't seen the last three years because yeah. I don't think until these other guys can prove it, I think you're gonna see teams take chances. Like okay, there's no Tyreek Hill. Sky Moore, MVS, Hartman, you're you, you have to prove that you can beat us. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and and maybe the Chiefs exploit that, and then maybe you see teams get more conservative. That's to be seen. Okay, yeah. I just I I think um, I just think with the loss of Tyreek Hill, I think maybe Reed tries to establish more of a run game, a little more power run. I mean, Clyde's not the guy to do it with, but. If you can get the run game going, that that'll help all those rookie wide receivers. Those you know, Sky Moore. That'll help all the Scantling. It'll help all those guys. I just think sure. like more of like a running running play action type offense versus a like running gun type spread them out air raid. Hmm. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, Andy Reid's kind of done it all. Yeah. Yeah. He was a much more traditional offense with Donovan McNabb and the Eagles. And I trust Andy Reid fully to figure this whole thing out. He's a guy that I think when we talk about top coaches, kind of gets overlooked. Yeah. He's a damn He's a good, damn coach. good coach, man. Yeah, I mean, everybody likes to either go like the real young guys, or you look to Belichick. But like Andy Reid's just there, doing his thing. One of the most winningest coaches of all time. He had the Eagles teams that went to like five straight NFC Championship games. Yep. I mean, he never won a Super Bowl. That was kind of the big knock on him. Mm-hmm. Finally, gets one in Kansas City. But I mean, he's a good football coach, and yeah. players love him. Yep. Yep. So, um, where do you think? With this new, quote unquote, new receiving core, where is where do you view Patrick Mahomes as a fantasy quarterback? I think he's still top three. With Allen and, I think it's Allen, and then I think it's Burrow. Hmm. Let me think real quick. So I'd go probably Josh Allen. Then I'd probably go. I think no. I'm going Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then maybe Lamar Jackson after that. Hmm. And then Burrow and Herbert, probably top my top five. If I had the draft today, those are my my pecking order. Okay. I just like like you said, like I think I think Mahomes still gets around forty touchdowns. He's got like you know you don't got a Hill anymore, but you got a plethora of weapons. You still got a six foot five, four three speed, and an MVS. Juju's no slouch as a receiver. Granted, he's not a wide receiver one, but he doesn't have to be with Kelsey. Doesn't have to be. 
So in his wide receiver two role, we saw the AB. He's thrived in that. Maybe he does that again. Um, you got Sky Moore. Uh, you got Miko Harbin still there. Mm-hmm. Like you got weapons that can take it to the crib. Definitely. Um, you got a great offensive line, and your defense probably might it might be the more sh- the most shakiest of the of the four defenses in this division. Mm-hmm. Um, so that bodes well for fantasy points for quarterbacks. Yeah, because you're me throwing. Yep. I'm trying to keep up. <clears throat> And that team last year could score points in bunches, mm-hmm. and I don't think that's going away. I, yeah, I don't think. I think it'll look different, but I don't think the the end result's going to be different. Um, where do we rank Clyde? And was that a failed draft pick? I think it's a f- <clears throat> failed draft pick just because it was a first round draft pick. Yeah. Is it a quote unquote? Like, is he a bust? I don't know not going to go that far. You don't think he's a bust. Okay. No, I He's a fine running back. You just don't want fine. Yeah. In the first round. And knowing like he was drafted in 19, right? Yeah, this is this is year 3, I think, no. Like knowing that later on that year they lost to Tampa in the Super Bowl. Mhm. Because they had offensive line problems, like it probably would have been better for them to address that position earlier in that draft. I don't know. I don't have a like a a problem with him as a player. I just think as a first round pick, probably not living up to expectations. Well, he got drafted as like a cherry on top type of you know pick there. He, it was a quote unquote luxury pick. Yeah, it was a luxury pick, but. Um, he just hasn't lived up to it. He can't stay healthy. Then when he is healthy, they don't give him the ball. And then he's not really like getting, you know, 70 receptions like he was drafted to get. Mm-hmm. So I I think it might be a failed draft pick in my opinion. Again, it goes down to fit. And <clears throat> you get drafted as a running back to Kansas City Chiefs, like you're not going to see the ball. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> but like even when he was on the team, like you're looking you're looking at guys like Damian Williams, you know, thrived. Um Darrell Williams even last year was better than Clyde when he got yeah. spot starts. So uh I mean in in two years that Clyde's been there, he's got a total of eight touchdowns. Um he averages what? Uh, like four point four yards of carry, which is decent. It's nice. Um but he he just doesn't do he doesn't excite me he doesn't do anything like i don't even know if i'd put him in my top 32 running backs in the league yeah i mean there's a lot of teams that have two good running backs like you, we could do it would you rather real quick <laughs> i mean would you rather have him or cam Akers? cam Akers. all right miles sanders miles sanders uh ramondre stevenson mm, that's a tougher one i'm going ramondre all day dude okay uh, Travis Etienne. He's got to prove it. He didn't play at all last year. Okay, fair enough. James Conner. 17 touchdown James Conner? Yeah. Yeah. Four yards of carry, 17 touchdown James Conner. Yeah. Probably James Conner. Damien Harris. Damien Harris for sure. Melvin Gordon. I'm going to go Clyde just because you get to turn back the clock. What? You get to turn back the clock. Melvin Gordon's what, 28, 29? Yeah. Okay. What has Clyde done? He's younger. And we talked about the position being a young man's game. All right. Elijah Mitchell. Mitchell. Um, let's see. Let me pull it up. 
Tony Pollard. Pollard. By far. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Brees Hall. Rookie. We'll see. But probably, again, turn back the clock, take the younger guy. Uh, David Montgomery. Oh, I'm going to go Clyde. What? Dude, Mon- I, 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 Montgomery doesn't do it for me, and part of the problem for Montgomery, to be fair to him, is he plays for the Bears. Uh, I know, but like if you put him on the Chiefs, he's going to thrive. He he put up numbers. He was like a top 10 fantasy running back on the Bears, dude. Part of that's necessity. All right, so Melvin Gordon, going back to it here, he had 918 yards last year on 200 attempts, 203 attempts, eight touchdowns. He has eight touchdowns last year, and Clyde has eight touchdowns in his Total. career. Total, yeah. And Melvin Gordon had 986 years yards before that in 2020 and nine touchdowns but again it goes back to fit how many how many carries does Clyde have in two years do you have that up I'll pull it up right now yeah all right so Clyde had 119 carries for 517 yards and four touchdowns last year the year before that was 181 for 803 and four touchdowns so the first year is a little bit more comparable because he had almost 200 carries last year only had 119 carries melvin gordon almost had double that yeah he only played 10 games i think he had like an ankle injury last year or something like that um let's see melvin gordon melvin gordon for his career melvin gordon averages 4.2 yards a carry and clyde's 4.4 melvin gordon has one 1000 yard season a couple of close ones with uh, 997 and 986 and 918. This is a tangent. Yeah, I know. Is Melvin Gordon... I don't want to, like, piss all over Melvin Gordon, so I want to be careful how I ask this question. Yeah, we're in Badger country, man. And I love Badger running backs. Is he the most disappointing Badger back? Hell no. Monty Ball. Monty Ball, well, because he had what 50 touchdowns or whatever Monty and he didn't do anything Monty Ball resorted to alcoholism and drank himself <laughs> out of the league yes uh, Melvin Gordon the two time pro bowler Ron Dane also didn't do much in the pros no. I just think the hype around Melvin like Brian I, Calhoun I th- he's Detroit Lion for a, little, for a minute yeah uh, now coaching track at Pius I believe yikes uh, or at least he was several years ago it's better than Travis that. Beckham DJing downtown man Um, I just think like I think Melvin Gordon he was like my favorite Badger running back ever like dude dude hit so many home runs in Wisconsin your favorite Badger running back wasn't PJ Hill uh, (laughs) John Clay I was just gonna say PJ Hill and John Clay kind of merged together because they're the same guy like the 250 pound bruiser that you just knew was never gonna amount to anything in the NFL because they're too slow yeah um but Melvin Gordon, like, I'll never forget that 400-yard game against Nebraska. Yeah, that was that was insane. Like, taking jet sweeps, like, 80 yards at the yes. crib. That was, was like, crazy. God damn. Yeah. And, like, he's had a he's had a very good NFL career. Best uh, Badger NFL career, James White. Is he a two-time Super Bowl champ? Only two? I think. I think he's got three. Hmm. I'll have to look that up while we're talking here. Um. I think Jonathan Taylor will end up having the best career ever ever yeah i mean 
He what? might he might already have the best career ever. <laughs> no, 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 James White's got the rings. And I mean, James White's got the rings, and he he was actually a big contributor in those those offenses. He was perfect for that offense. Yeah. And he's just Mister Reliable. Yeah, I mean, one of the greatest third down backs. He's like Kevin Falk, but like better. Yep. Mm, James White Super Bowls. Oh my god. He was part of that twenty eight to three game. Mm-hmm. So fifteen, seventeen, and nineteen, right? The Patriots <sighs> won god, one every other longer than I wanted to. This is terrible. Do you have his um his yes. career years? Cause they won in fifteen, seventeen, and nineteen. So what years did James White play in? He's still playing, right? He hasn't retired. He's still playing, but he's not really like he's like the fifth guy in their backfield now. He's getting older. Yeah. Uh, James White stats. Let's put that one in there. All right. So he's been on the team since 2014. So he's got yeah, three. Yeah, he's got rings. three rings. That's phenomenal. Do you know another tangent here? Since we're that's the theme of this this episode. Do you know that Wes Welker never run, won a ring in New England? Yeah, because he lost with Randy Moss. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. Like if you would have told me, like, gun to my head, life or death, like, does Wes Welker have a Super Bowl ring with the Patriots? Like, yeah, of course. He played there for like eight years, <laughs> but he was there during, during that ten year drought. Yeah. Julian Edelman's the guy that Wes Welker does have a ring, but it's with Peyton Denver. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a wild stat. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Oh man! All right, all right. Let's stuff a Badger running backs. <laughs> yeah, and like to reiterate, not shitting on Melvin. Love Melvin. It's just he was like my favorite Badger running back. So like I yeah. expected him to be like I expected him to do what Jonathan Taylor did. That's fair. I thought he was gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. Like I was drafting him as a rookie, yeah. expecting like yeah huge numbers in fantasy. Um, where is Travis Kelsey in the pantheon of all-time tight ends? Man, call me crazy, and maybe it's just recency bias. He might be the best ever over Gronk. Okay. <laughs> Good point. Over Antonio Gates. Yeah, maybe. Tony maybe Gonzalez. Gates and Gonzalez, maybe. All right, so yeah, I'm I'm probably there. Gronk, uh, you're right. Gronk is probably the Gronk's best to ever do it. Gronk's one. Yeah. Like he clears by far. Yeah, and Gronk can just do things that other people can't do with his size. Does Gronk have four rings? Pretty sure he's got the three with uh James White and then he's got the one in Tampa. Yeah. Travis has one. Mm-hmm. I, th- you know, when you start comparing rings, there's just so much that goes into it. I know, especially at tight end. Yeah, but Gronk was a big part of like pretty much all those Super Bowls. Besides his oh, last one, especially in New England. Yeah, it it was him and Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, yeah. They just went to that two tight ends. I mean, look at Belichick is still trying to recreate that with um, yeah, Hunter Henry and Janu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say probably for me, it probably goes Gronk. And then I would say probably Kelsey because basically he's probably like revolutionized the position of being like more of like a wide receiver type 
tight end, but he's just so freaking massive that he's a tight end. I think the guys like, <clears throat> and then it's probably Gates, and then it's Gonzalez for me. You look at the guys like Gronk, like Kelsey, like Kittle. They've kind of made like tight end kind of like a cool position again. What does Kittle have? Like he likes he has a tight end day. Uh well, him and um, Greg Olson do tight end university. Yeah. Where they do like a camp for all college tight ends. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, tight end. It, it it was kind of a dying position there for a little while, but I think more and more guys are starting to get into it, and it helps that now, like you're putting tight ends more like out wide in the slot, like, and you're seeing a lot of mismatches. And I think the NFL is kind of taken to the like, like Kyle Pitts went top five because he can be a mismatch, you know? Yeah. Like, you're seeing that, like, and then you have next year. Uh, kid Michael Meyer from Notre Dame might be a top ten pick tight end. So. There's a couple in that class next yeah. year that could be. I mean, Sam Laporta from Iowa is a guy yeah. to watch. I mean, there's a couple guys in that class. Yeah. Um. But you and you look at like teams that have won, like having a guy who can create that mismatch in the middle is like huge. Like I think about the Packers. The last time they won one was with Jermichael Finley. I don't know if he was healthy though. Was Jermichael Finley healthy in the, in the uh, Super Bowl? I think because then he hurt his neck the year the following year. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Like they don't have like they haven't had a playmaker like Jermichael Finley since then. At mm, tight end, no, not really. Not trying to think back. Just uh, I think their best one, their best tight end, probably is what Bobby Tanyan. Since then, maybe I mean they brought in Jimmy Graham, but he was past sucked. his prime. Yeah, he's um, Martellus Bennett. Martellus no. Bennett was a different skill set. Martellus Bennett's more your inline blocker. Yeah, um, and they've just kind of like shifted, rotated guys in and out of that position. Yeah, yeah. Tight end, tight ends definitely. I think. I th- do. Do you value tight end where? Where do you value tight end in an offense? Some people value it like, you know, George Kittle's, Travis Kelsey's matchup nightmares. Some, like, I guess the Packers, like, you can just kind of rotate guys. Yeah. I think it's – I do think it's an undervalued position. I mean, should you, should tight ends be making 20-plus million dollars a year? Pro- no. Probably not. Um, but, it, you know, an interesting case study this, this year will be, like, Arizona. They re-signed Ertz, and they drafted Trey McBride in the second round. Yeah. Does their offense take a big leap forward, or does it remain the same? If it remains the same, then okay, maybe tight ends are actually properly valued, and I'm overvaluing the position. I just like think like you get a guy like Gronk or Kelsey or Kittle. I think if you get like one of those elite guys or those matchup nightmares, it completely changes your offense, and like that's what I would strive for. Like I would love to have Kyle Pitts. Not necessarily taking him top five pick in the draft, but like if I can get like a six foot six athletic freak, like a Darren Waller. If I can get like a Darren Waller, I can find him in like you know the sixth seventh round, and he just blossoms into something. I that is yeah. like that to me is like the most matchup nightmare type of thing I, you can do. Like another guy to watch this year would be like that Jelani Woods kid. Yeah, like that. Yes, six yes. seven four I five. I highly value Jelani Woods coming into the draft. Like, what can he do as a rookie? Like, mm-hmm. if he like explodes, then it like like is, are are you going to see more tight ends go round one? Absolutely not. But you know those second third round picks. 
yeah. you get a lot of value there. And totally agree. You get a guy like that, that athletic, that can catch the ball. Kelsey was a mid-round pick. Gronk was a second-round pick. Like Kittle was a fifth-round pick. Kittle was a fifth, yeah. So, I mean, I I value, if you can find the elite tight end, I'm paying the elite tight end. Yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So, I think I think Kelsey's up there, top two. Okay. To kind of go back to your... Um, the McDuffie Karloftis picks a shift in philosophy. Um, I think like the Chiefs are like the perfect AFC complement to the Green Bay Packers. Okay. In the sense that like you have Rodgers, you have Mahomes, you're probably pretty comfortable in scoring points regardless of who you're going to put around him. We need to stop people. And I, th- I mean, you saw the Packers do the same thing. Two defensive picks this year despite what fans were wanting. I'm sure it was very similar in Kansas City with fans wanting to address wide receiver in the first round. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially when they traded up, everybody thought, okay, here goes, I forget who was on the board at the time, maybe Traylon Burks. He was gone. They got got McDuffie at like 21. I think Burks was like 18 or 19. But yeah. Like Christian yeah. Watson was on the board, George Pickens was on the board, but yeah, yeah I, like I would totally agree with you. Like they're like a mirror image of what the Packers are doing, of kind of like shoring up the defense, helping that out, and like having their superstar MVP quarterback kind of like just facilitate the offense and get it done, and mm-hmm. trying to help build that defense to not not give up forty balls in the playoffs. Yep, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so I don't know if it's a quote-unquote change in philosophy i haven't followed historic kansas city drafts enough they've been pretty trash on defense like you're throwing out daniel Sorensen out there and anthony hitchens was like a staple in their middle for a while mm-hmm. now you got nick bolton from missouri he's he was a nice rookie last year he might be a star leo chanel's there now yeah i'm, I'm high on leo chanel um legerius needs a good corner now you add mcduffie to that um, still got Juan Thornhill, J- Justin Reed there as, as a safety tandem. So like they got some players on defense. Their defensive line might suck, but I mean they're starting to build something on defense. Yeah, I I, I do think McDuffie was an interesting prospect. Like, and I'm going to take myself out of it because I, I I have acknowledged on this podcast I don't watch a lot of West Coast West Coast college football. But even among experts, like people either loved McDuffie or they had him like as a second round guy. So it'll be interesting to see how he how he pans out. Yeah, I think I think McDuffie will be good. Especially with Spagnolo there. Like that guy, he's a great defensive coordinator. Um any expectations for Justin Ross? N- no. You have none. Well, he went undrafted. I know, but he might. He got. He was undrafted because of the neck and neck, the whole neck thing. Yeah, and he had. He's got like degenerative knees or something, I believe. Oh really? I don't know. There's some serious medical red flags. I. Yeah. You gotta be careful what you read, on the internet, specifically this time of year, because everybody's in the best shape of their life. Everybody looks yeah. great. But I heard he had a great rookie minicamp. Yep. If he makes the team, that's fantastic. I mean, that I mean. He doesn't need to go out and be like wide receiver three in this offense. All right. So I, I have like very low expectations for him, being that they wasted zero yeah, draft zero capital. Asset. Yeah, I agree. I think if he makes the team and contributes, that's fantastic. I really pull him for him to be making the team and like being like wide receiver three or four. People this forget year. that before the injury stuff, he was like a consensus top ten pick. Exactly. 
He's got talent, man. <clears throat> it's just you start dealing with spinal cords and knees. Like, yeah. All right, that's fair. Just want to get your pulse on Justin Ross there for a second. I hope he succeeds. Me too. I, man. I love like that. That's an awesome story. Yeah. If he can come in the league and play for ten years and prove everybody wrong, like good on him. Um. Yeah, we were just kind of talking about this. Your next question was best coaching staff in the league. Um, Reed, Bienemy, Nagy, and Spagnolo. My question for you is why hasn't Eric Bienemy gotten a head coaching job? That's crazy, man. He must interview poorly. That's the word on the street is he has terrible interview skills. Because he's been linked f- the last four years since yeah. their first Super Bowl run as like the next guy to get a job. The one guy that's been calling for him has been Deshaun Watson to be his coach. And I think if Watson didn't have this whole scandal thing, he, he might have been a Houston Texan head coach. But other than that, like I think he's picking and choosing his spot and he's waiting for the right time. And he might just stick it out and be like a McDaniels type and just stick it out for wait as long for as Reed he wants retire. and wait for Reed to t- retire. Because I, I, without a doubt, I think if Reed retired tomorrow, they'd give it to Bienemy. Kind of like a Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles situation. Yeah. I, without a doubt, I think they'd give it to Bienemy. It's just fascinating. Yeah, it's really weird that he hasn't gotten a job because it's been like five years now. Mm-hmm. But it could just be like a Josh McDaniels type thing, man. Where he's not like, like he's like, yeah, I'll take the interview, but I'm not like super excited for this opportunity yeah. type deal. Yeah. Or is he just weird? it's a weird cat i don't know what's going on i've never met the guy it's just i think it's just odd that he's interviewed for like 10 different spots and he hasn't landed like the guy obviously knows what he's doing in that offense i think he's waiting for the right spot and i think he's waiting for a superstar quarterback like for instance i don't think he wanted like a miami job and to roll with tua and be linked to tua and like that's your one shot what do you think here's another angle what do you think about offensive coordinators who don't call plays do you think that hurts i hate it hate it what are you doing then i mean you're what are you doing? What I mean, the same could be same said for Hackett, right? In Green Bay, Lafleur is calling the plays. Yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, you're in the room, but like you're not the guy. The pressure's not on you to be calling the plays. So do you? But, so my question is, do you think that hurts guys like Bienemy who's interviewing? And it's like, yeah, okay, you're the you're the offensive coordinator for this great offense, but really it's Andy, Andy Reid yeah uh, that might hurt him a little bit but I, I like I said I think the word on the street is he, he just cannot interview <laughs> <laughs> then it becomes a question of can't he or like you said is he just waiting for the right opportunity like yeah, yeah okay I'll do it but could really give two shits if I get this New York Giants job or not right right like I don't know I, th- I just think he's waiting for that superstar quarterback and he's just cool kicking back waiting for Reed to retire and and taking Pat Mahomes. Like, he's yeah. been to four straight AFC Championship games. He's got a ring there. Like, there's no pressure to leave. Who gets a job first, him or Byron Leftwich? Can I throw D'Amico Ryans into the mix? Is that who you're going to pick? <laughs> D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. D'Amico Ryans going to be head coach next year. Okay. I don't think Bianca Mika takes one next year. Uh, I think if Byron Leftwich would have got one, it was going to be Tampa. Uh, I'll take D'Amico Ryans. I do think Byron Leftwich is a head coach next year. Okay, that's fair. I mean, he was on the cusp, but I just – I don't know, man. I For him, for his sake, it, it needs to be next year because you need to 
get a new job while Tom Brady's still the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like we Gabbert. had to go back to like Blaine Gabbert, and now you're like All right. fifth worst defense in the, or first <laughs> fifth worst offense in the league or something like that. Yeah. All right. Anything else on Kansas City? Uh, I think that's it. All right, Chargers. You got Herbert versus Burrow. All right, so I where you, are you on the Herbert versus Burrow debate, man? I'm not sure it's much of a debate. Really? Okay. I think, I think Burrow is is tread lightly. <laughs> I think Burrow right now <laughs> has done more with less. He's and, done more. He has Jamar Chase. Well, he did last year, but like he had a phenomenal rookie year before he blew his shit out with like a shit offensive line. Poor guy was running for his life. Okay. Even last year he was running for his life. Like I think Herbert's I think if you put Burrow Herbert in, was running for his life pre uh Brian Bulaga, pre Rashawn Slater, pre Corey Lindsley. Like the first year he was there. Let me ask you okay, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. This is the point I'm driving at. If you put Burrow on the Chargers, do the Chargers go to the Super Bowl last year? Oh, Ah, uh, no, no, that coach is too dumb. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say yes. If you put Herbert on, if you put Herbert in the Super Bowl, does he hit Jamar Chase for a touchdown? If you well, let's take it a step back. If you put <laughs> Herbert on, if you put Herbert on the Bengals, do the Bengals still make the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm gonna go no. Really? Okay. So you're a Burrow guy. I'm a Herbert guy. So I think Burrow is slightly better than Herbert. I would love to have either of those guys as my franchise quarterback. Oh, for sure. They're both like bona fide yes. superstars. Both going to be making 50-plus next year or in two years whenever they decide to sign. For sure. I just think Burrow's a winner. I like winners. Okay. I think I – think Burrow's got that swag factor. Herbert couldn't beat the Raiders to make the playoffs. I think it's kind of a – not this is a weird comparison where it like burrow is like a brady like he's a winner he just knows how to win right mm-hmm. and then herbert is like the god chiseled like, like aaron like Rodgers, perfect quarterback and it, yeah it's aaron Rodgers. yeah so it's so give me do you like the talent or do you like the i want to win intangibles i want to win fair uh, I can't disagree with you there. Like, I mean, like, yeah, the Packers have been to like seventeen NFC championships. Great, great. We have two rings in thirty years. Yeah, I just love watching Herbert, man. Herbert's Herbert's got every tool in the box. He does. He's, He's just, got the size. I just give me that swag and give me that. Herbert bulked up ten pounds this year to take a beating. <laughs> He's gonna run the ball more. He said. <laughs> if I'm a Charger fan, that is not what I want to hear. <laughs> Lose ten pounds, bro. Lose ten pounds and and run less. <laughs> if you don't run at all, run less. Justin Herbert season coming in, man. He's got the California hair. I too. was on I was on Herbert last year for my dark horse MVP, and I was mocked by Mike. You were he was laughing in my face. He had a damn good year. I think he finished like top three fantasy quarterback. I I don't have the MVP odds in front of me. Mike and I did a breakdown. I would throw ten bucks if I could gamble on football on either one of these guys to win MVP. At I think they're both plus twenty to win. Twenty to one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good bet. Yeah. Both these guys are gonna have phenomenal years. Um is this the best defense in the division? Yes. Yeah. You got Joey Boza, Cleo Mack, 
tandem beefed up the back half. Mm-hmm. You got Derwin James in the back half. Mm-hmm. The big thing with their defense is if Derwin St- James stays healthy, they should be a top 10 defense easily. Which would be, if that's the case, if they are truly a top 10 defense, they win this division. I agree. I, like, you got to put together. Yep. Um, but, yeah, and, and Derwin James' health is always a question mark. Because you got to play six games against these other teams. Yeah. <clears throat> but if you're still a top 10 defense, yeah, things it's, are going it's well. It's going to be, can they stop the run? If they can stop the run, if they go from 32nd rank to, like, 20th rank, that's a win. Uh-huh. And if you can do that, your pass defense looks like it's going to be phenomenal. You got the pass rushers. You got some dogs up there going after the quarterback. Like, you're going to – you're going to be really, really good. So if yeah. Sebastian Joseph Day, if he can stay healthy, if, but if they have to go back to like Jerry Tillery and like Linval Joseph, they're going to be in some shit again. Can't stop Josh Jacobs on a halfback draw. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, your next question here is what does your projected Derwin James extension look like? Spot Track's got him at 15 and a half million. I think he probably eclipses Justin Simmons, which I think is like 16.1. Okay. I think he's probably probably in that range. So if you're an agent here, I want to hear your perspective. Oh, excuse me. Justin Simmons is at 15.25. I want to hear your like your agent take here on like if you're an agent, are you looking for like a longer term type deal? Like looking for guarantees? What are you looking for here? If you could number one his deal. Number one is is guarantees. Okay. Get as much guaranteed money as you can. Because like if you sign a four for eighty million dollar deal but none of it's guaranteed, it it's just paper. Sure. Uh basically like I compare non guaranteed contracts. To like team options, okay, yeah. Like, oh, fair. you had a good year. We'll keep you for another year. Yeah, it, it's a team option. Yeah, um, like the whole Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, there's you know, there's no dead money. We can just cut you and you know, owe you anything. It's what the Packers do. Yeah. The Packers don't guarantee any money after year one. Yeah, so it's a team option. Like, you continue to perform great. If you don't, okay, we can cut you. Um, so as much signing bonuses you can get, as much guaranteed you can get, as much guarantee as you can get into future years. Like, I want it to be really hard for the team to cut you. Okay. So, you know, for him, I don't think he's going to get Jamal Adams' money. I don't think any safety is ever going to get Jamal Adams' money. What's that? What's Jamal? 17 and a half. But he's got a weird thing where he's. They had to pay him because they traded two first round picks. And it's like hard to call Jamal Adams a safety. Yeah. He's an outside linebacker. Yeah. And when you you can get nine, 10 sacks a year, that's got a different value than a pure safety. Um, so the market right now is kind of like Eddie Jackson, 14.6. You got Buda Baker at 14.7. So, yeah, I think he is like the next highest paid safety behind Jamal Adams, which I think is probably, yeah, 15.5 to $16 million, I think is probably about right. I would try and get $48 million guaranteed. So you're looking at two, three years of fully guaranteed money. Yeah. I am of the opinion, so how old is he? He's 25. I would love, as an agent, I think for guys like Derwin James who are at the top of their class, like do a three-year deal. Three years, $48 million, getting 16 a year. Maybe a team probably won't fully guarantee the contract, so you do basically two for... 
32 guaranteed and you got the third year, but try and hit free agency before you hit 29 because then you can get one more contract. You that's, do a, a, that's a pretty good way of looking at it. Yeah. You do a five-year deal, now you're 30, 31. That's a really good way of looking at it. Because your next contract's when you get paid. Yeah. So you're not worried about like, if he does, sounds like a three-year deal and like when he's like 27 blows his ACL out. But the same the same thing happens if you sign a five-year deal. They're not going to fully guarantee a five-year deal. No, but if, if you sign like five for like 90 with like 60 guaranteed. Yeah, but I, you're not going to get that at the safety position. I'm just saying like Yeah, just I know. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, if you can, the way to look at it is like how much can you guarantee? If you can guarantee 60 to 70% of the contract, then sure, do a longer-term deal. That's right. I, I got no problem with it. But a lot of times you'll see guys who will do like a five for, you know, 90 in your case and like 40 of it's guaranteed. Well, now it's like a two and a half year deal. So in yeah. your case, you blow your ACL out. You're going to yeah. get cut when you're 29 because you're going to be a step slower. Yeah. Might as well roll the dice, take a, you know, a solid two year deal. If you can continue to play at that level, the market's only going to go up. Mm-hmm. Sign that next contract because now when you're 28, 29, you're signing that three year deal still getting top money you're still going to guarantee most of that and now when you're 31 32 it's you know it's going to be tougher but you, you you're probably at towards the end of your playing days anyway so uh like comparing like like tyron matthews like 30 31 he's got like a three for 36 you like you like what he kind of did yeah uh, hitting free agency as much as possible is the name of the game and i'm just going to pull up matthew's contract right now to see what the saints really gave him because you got to be careful what's yeah. Reported. So three for 28, only 18 of it's guaranteed. So really, when I see that, it's two for nine, two for nine per. Oh, two for 18. Two for 18. Okay. Um, And the Saints, of course, added a bunch of void years and dead caps so that they can spread it out because that's what the Saints do. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it, but nine and a half. Like for a 31-year-old player to get nine and a half over the next two years is great. Yeah, I think so too. Fantastic. That's, yeah. But see if you're Derwin James and you can sign another contract at 28, you can still do something like this at 31. Or if you do a five-year deal and you play it out, can you still do this one year? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's fascinating to think about. I just want to get your agent perspective there. Yeah. I think the name of the game is just being a free agent as much as possible because when you can get other teams involved, your value goes up. Sounds Yeah. I agree, man. Look at, like, Deshaun Watson. The whole reason he got five for 230 fully guaranteed is because there was four teams interested in him. Mm -hmm. The Texans would have never offered a contract like that just to extend him. I agree. Yeah, and he only got the fully guaranteed because it's Cleveland, and he said no, and then they said, and they already pissed off Baker. Yeah, yeah, it was like, <laughs> you know, yeah. Say what you will about Deshaun Watson, it was a perfect situation for him from a contract standpoint, and his agent or agents did a phenomenal job. Totally agree. All right. <clears throat> um, How much does Khalil Mack have left in the tank? Let me ask you this. Answer a question with a question. How much needs to be in the tank for that trade to be worth it? Second round pick? I think two seconds. Two seconds? I think at least he needs to have eight sacks a year at least. 16 sacks over two seasons. Yeah. At least eight sacks. And I think he can do that. 
I think so too. He's got to stay healthy, mm-hmm. which is not easy when you get older. He's going to get a lot of single teams. Hopefully, Joey Bosa takes some pressure off of him. He doesn't have to be the, like the main guy anymore. Do you know that like he's averaged like four forced fumbles a year? Yeah, he's he, got a he's got a knack for that, dude. So I think I think if he continues that trend, if he forces between QB pressures and forced fumbles on sacks, if he forces six turnovers a year. It's worth it. Do you think he could be good as good as Demarcus Ware was at the end of his career when Von Miller was coming in? I think that's a perfect comparison. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think so too. If he stays healthy, I would not be shocked if he gets double digit sacks. He's got the LA sunshine. Warmer. Yeah. You're on a good team. He's gonna have fun playing football again. Yeah. And like you said, there's gonna be he's not he's not gonna get the same level of attention that he did in Chicago. Yeah. Because he's got Bosa on the other side, right? Right. I think he's. I think he's going to be pretty good. Uh, I just want to see. Like, I also think he, he's going to play less snaps. You think they'll have him I, on a snap count? I think. I don't know if they'll have him on a snap count per se, but I think they're just going to let him be a pass rush specialist. Oh, I don't like that. You don't think he plays primarily on first and second down or third and long? You think he's still kind of coming in? I, I mean, think. If I he know you up two have, seconds. I think he has to be an every down player. Hmm. He's got to be part of your run defense because your run defense was dreadful. Yeah, that doesn't help, right? <laughs> um, he can't just be a third down guy. I don't think he's just a third down guy, I th- but I wouldn't be shocked if he plays primarily passing situations. Uh, I don't like that. Okay. I think if you bring him in for two seconds and your run defense is so p- piss poor that was last year, like he's got to be a part of that run defense turning around. And so he's got to be an every down player to me. Okay. Fair enough. And then if you can combine that with like eight sacks ish, I think that's a win. Yeah, and you get three or four first forced fumbles, probably cause a few more interceptions. Yeah, yeah. I like the trade. I think he'll live up to it. I think it's a perfect situation for him. Like if you're Cleo Mack, I don't think you could have picked a better destination. Yeah, I, the Bears got the Bears and Chargers were like perfect trade partners. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's a win-win for both teams. I do too. And the the Bears need draft capital. They weren't doing anything with Cleo Mack. And, like, everyone's like, oh, they gave up two firsts for him. I'm like, yes, but that was four years ago. Yeah. Four years in the they NFL had a good, is an They eternity. had a great ride in that one year that he came there. Like, the oh first year. Oh, my God. Year. Do you remember that first game? Yeah, of course, they dude. played the Packers. And then, like, but we got he to- was everywhere. He had the quasi-interception return for a touchdown. He had, like, two sacks and a force. I mean, it was – I was like, oh, my yeah, God. Like, well, this is not going to end well. Rodgers left the game with that. Came back. He did, and then came back and beat One. That was the day Jordan was born. I watched that game in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. fun, fun story there. Push, push, go, go. Uh, I thought Jordan was my good luck charm. I'm like, Packers are going to the Super Bowl. No doubt about it. <laughs> I'm dating with this kid, Randall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right. Um, Keenan Allen or Mike Williams' best fantasy asset? Ooh. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen, just Mr. Reliable. Mike Williams can go for 150 yards and two touchdowns. He can also completely disappear. I agree. Uh, so, like, if I have Mike Williams on my team, I'm starting him every week, but I don't like starting I'm him every week. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, with, I'm with you on the man. I think Keenan Allen's still probably their best wide receiver there. Uh, Mike Williams, no doubt about it. He's got the big play potential. Uh, he's got the connection with Herbert. Dude's a stud. 
It's just that he disappears far too often. Well, like last year, what did he finish he the year a with? He like, had historic first eight games. Yes. And, and then, then like he the just second half, he just was gone. Yeah. Like just ran out of gas. Keenan Allen's Mr. Reliable. He'll get you seven catches for 80 yards. He might not get you the touchdowns, but, you know, he moves the sticks. Um, so you, you got to have a guy like that on your team. Got to have a guy that moves the sticks. Got to have a guy that can just break people off in the, in the route tree. Uh, Mike Williams, he's a great explosive talent. But he's got to just put it together this year, being way more consistent. If he can get way consistent, like way more consistent, and has that, you know, that eight catch for ninety yards a game, look out, man. He could put if he could put the first eight games uh, that he had last year, and he can extrapolate that over, like, say, like fourteen or fifteen games. Stud. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And that's why he got paid twenty million. I think yeah. it's a little bit of potential. Yeah. You know. All right. Let's move on to Denver. Okay. So you got <clears throat> one of your famous would you rather situations here. So let's hear it. All right. Would you rather Russell Wilson edition? <laughs> Are you ready for this one? Probably not, but let's hit it. All right. Would you rather Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson? Russell Wilson. Starting off hot. <laughs> Russell Wilson or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Herbert. Herbert. Stafford. Wilson. Lamar Jackson. Wilson. Derek Carr. Wilson. Kyler Murray. Wilson. Uh, one more I got for you is Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Okay. So I got Russell Wilson over just Stafford, Kyler Murray, and Lamar Jackson. Otherwise, I'm taking Deshaun Watson, Herbert Burrow, Rodgers. <coughs> So you would take my big one was you would take, you would take Russell Wilson over Sean Watson right now, with all of the well BS. no 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 like talent oh. wise not like the whole talent wise no I mean I, I guess it it comes down to what are you looking for out of your quarterback so because I think I think Russell Wilson can be a phenomenal leader which is important. If you're looking at it from a pure talent standpoint, like Deshaun Watson is top three to five from pure talent. Mm-hmm. I got him like fifth. Yeah, that that's about right. Um, but it's it's like the Brady versus Rodgers debate. Rodgers has way more ability and talent than Tom Brady does. Yeah. But Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls and it's been to ten. Okay. Like who would you rather have? You know, what does it come down to? For sure, for sure. So, um, you know, when I when I think of Russell Wilson, he's just like steady Eddie. He's been to two Super Bowls. He knows what it takes. He can be, for me, a little too calculated, like a little too polished. I don't – like he's like he just never says the wrong thing, he never – like, but he never also says really anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how he's looked at in the locker room, but – my other two that were close were was Russell Wilson compared to Stafford and Murray. Yeah, I mean Stafford, I just think Stafford is to me like a a very good quarterback, like above average, but not like I don't. You don't think he's elite? No. Is he top ten? Yes. All right. Without like naming names, I would just. I have yeah. nine. He's a top third quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have nine. Yeah. Um. 
like Russell Wilson, all those years in Seattle, from an accuracy standpoint, is, I believe, still the best deep ball thrower. Yeah, he's got a phenomenal deep ball. And the way he throws it, too, is like a, like a rainbow that like just mm-hmm. drops in a bucket. Just drops it in there. Beautiful. Um, he can still run a little bit. He's mobile. Yeah. He um, won't get hit as much as, uh, anymore now yeah. in, in Denver. Stafford, you look at what Stafford was able to do from a statistic standpoint for all those years with bad Lions teams. Like, you have to give Stafford his due. And then one year in a better situation, he wins the Super <laughs> Bowl. Wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, like, it's hard to knock on the guy too hard. Um. I just think Russell can make every throw just like Stafford can. You add the mobility component. I give the edge to uh, to Russell. With Kyler Murray, like Kyler Murray is like a younger, faster Russell Wilson. Yeah. He's just got to kind of put it all together. It goes it goes back to kind of like that leadership component of being the quarterback. Like Kyler Murray's again, from a talent – if you're looking at talent, it's probably Kyler Murray. Yeah. But I think he's just kind of got to put it all together, and you got to you got to win. You got to be a winner. I like the comparison you made. I think he, like you said, he's a younger, faster Russell Wilson. I think that's like spot on. He's mm-hmm. like that shorter quarterback. Yeah. He's got mobility. He's he's just got to put it together. And you know, maybe this will be the year he does. Um, but I think he's I think he's right there. You got to Kyler Murray's got to do it for all seventeen games, and you got to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, like going ten and one is great, but if you. It doesn't matter if you're a wild card team and you lose the first week of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So that was kind of my thinking behind those would you rathers. How are we feeling on the rust trade? I think the Broncos did a phenomenal job there. I love the trade. They were aggressive. And they've they they I love the way they built this roster and they said, you know what, we're gonna go get a quarterback, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's Russell and if Russell went to worked out, it would have been Jimmy G. Or they they were going to go yeah. get a quarterback this year. Yeah, you couldn't roll again with Drew Locke. Couldn't do it. No. Um. So I like it, and I I don't think they gave up that much. Well, they got like two firsts. Was it three? Three firsts. I think it's two. If they only gave up two firsts, then it even solidifies I think, my I point. I think Cleveland further. was three. Three firsts for, for, for Watson. Watson. Yeah. Two first round picks is nothing. Yeah, that's what I. That was my first reaction. I'm you like, could really? waste two first round picks trying to draft rookie quarterbacks. <laughs> right, they certainly have too. Um, but they, they and they didn't even give up Patrick Sertain. I thought they'd have to give up him and not Noah Fant, which was really interesting. The one thing I wish they wouldn't have had to give up would be Noah Fant. Really, I think Noah Fant would just be a perfect little cherry on top to this offense. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised with how Albert O will. Perform. I, I, I've, I have no problems with that draft pick there. Yeah. Just think, no fan. Been in the league a couple years. Kind of know what to expect. Yeah. Um. When he, when the trade happened, I had a, like a little running joke. Like, no fan. Russell sees the tweet. Russell Wilson <laughs> traded to the Broncos. He's probably like, yes. And then because oh, yeah. like the news came out like an hour later, like no fan, including deal. Like, oh. <laughs> uh, okay, Drew. Still, still be with Drew Lockett again. or. Uh, Damn it. Geno Smith. Yeah, I think it's going to be Geno, but we'll see. Um, <clears throat> okay. Better fantasy asset. Judy versus Sutton versus Javante. I'm going to go Javante. Even if he's splitting carries again? Yeah, because the wide receivers are going to be splitting catches and targets. Okay. I mean, don't forget about Patrick. Yeah. Um, D- D- Jerry Judy needs to take a big step forward for me this year. 
he hasn't really lived up to that first round hype yet. He hasn't. And who what did, did he have last year? Of? Like two touchdowns? Yeah, he wasn't great. But also, it's dude, it's true lock. I hear you. And now, I mean, Russell Wilson could easily step in there and throw 35 plus touchdowns, which means guys are going to get way more involved. But I think the best wide receiver on that team so far has been Sutton. I was going to say, if you're if you're comparing Judy and Sutton, I'm taking Sutton, honestly. Mm-hmm. Even in fantasy, I think I'd take Sutton. Honestly. Yeah. And he's got the he's got the contract. He's got the big bodied uh, wide receiver frame there. He plays more of a traditional X receiver. Judy's more of a slot. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just taking Sutton. I think he's got better hands for sure. Mm-hmm. Judy can't catch a loaf of bread right now. He's kind of like the Devontae Adams early in his career. I think this is a big year for Jerry Judy. <laughs> All of his off-the-field stuff got dropped, by the way. I don't know if you saw oh, that. No, I, I hadn't. Um, There's no charges, no, no anything. Good for Judy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think this is the huge year for Jerry Judy's development. Uh, getting Finally getting a confident quarterback play will be huge for him. He, well, it will determine if the Broncos pick up his fifth-year option. This is his third year. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point, too, man. That's a good point. Um, but... I, I really hope that Russell Wilson can elevate Sutton and Judy like to the point where they are considered like top twenty wide receivers. Because right now, I don't I don't think they are. No, I would define their wide receiving core right now as good. It's solid. Yeah. Like you throw in Patrick as wide receiver three, that's a solid wide receiving core. And I don't think Judy or Sutton's like a true wide receiver one. I think they're both twos. But the best thing about this offense is nobody has to be that. True, yeah. I think, though, by the end of the year, depending on what kind of seasons they get, one of those two might be a wide receiver one by the end of the year, like a true wide receiver one. Um, But I think Sutton has probably the best shot at becoming that. The highest upside? Yeah. I would agree with that. But Judy's going to get his opportunities. Yeah, I agree. Um. I picked Javante just because I, I do think this team might be – got to think about this before I start speaking here. I think this team might be the most run-heavy team in this division. Maybe maybe Vegas. Mm, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think Javante. You got that Javante-Gordon backfield. I th- yeah, Javante is going to be splitting carries, but I still think he's probably 1A. They both – Javante and Melvin Gordon both had 203 carries. Wow. <laughs> Perfectly yeah. split. Yeah. Hmm. I'm still going to go with Javante as the best fantasy asset. Fair. I think he's top, probably a top 10 running back asset. Whereas Judy, I don't think I'm taking Judy or uh, Sutton like top 20 wide receivers. So I think, I think I would agree. Um, but like if you're if it comes down to those two wide receivers, I'm taking Sutton over Judy. Would would you have a problem starting Javante in your fantasy no. team? No, not at all. And I think if you're starting either Sutton or Judy, you're probably like in a bit of a pinch. Mm, yeah, they're like a flex, I think. Yeah. Uh, but like Javante, like for my expectations, I'm I'm hoping he gets like 12 to 15 carries, maybe gets like four receptions, five receptions. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not going to be like – I don't think he's going to be a workhorse, especially with Melvin Gordon there. I mean, he, if if Melvin Gordon goes down, you could have like an A.J. Dillon-type situation where he becomes like a you know, bona fide RB1 
because he will get all the line share of the carries. He's got talent. The guy probably has one of the best uh, broken tackle rates in the NFL. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He's got it all. It's just he's going to be splitting carries with Melvin Gordon. And, by the way, I do like that he splits carries because not for fantasy but for real life, like you're prolonging his career, not killing him like right away. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and, and like it just makes you feel bad for the guys like Najee Harris that are just getting yeah, like pounded. Yeah, like Najee, you're gonna have a great uh, Twitter follow and all these <laughs> clips, but bro, like when you're 28 looking for a contract, just gonna be ghost uh, crickets out there, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, your last question here is Bradley Chubb getting an extension. So I think he gets extended. It just depends on what he can get out of it. I forgot that he was drafted fifth overall. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to be a compliment for uh, Von Miller. And that first year he was. So yeah. I just had his stats pulled up here. 12 sacks that first year. Hasn't done it since. A little bit problem staying healthy. He only played four games his second year. He had one sack. He played in 14 games in 2020. He had seven and a half sacks. And last year he played in seven games without a sack. Um, That's worrisome. That is worrisome. You got all these pass rushers coming up making 20 plus mil a year, man. You paying you paying Chubb 20 mil? No, I'm not. Um, Spot track has him at 13.3, which would put him like Matt Judon territory. Hmm. I was like, who would you rather have, him or like Jadavian Clowney? Ooh, I'm going to go Chubb. Okay. From a potential standpoint. Clowney is what Clowney is at this point. And Cl- Clowney, to his credit, just taking like one year, $12 million deals yeah. every year, which yeah, not a bad way to go about it. Um, yeah, I mean, they're comparable players on here. Okay, I'll do a would you rather. Sure. D Ford. For Chubb? Yeah. I'm taking the Chubb. Ooh, okay. Uh, I think I'd take Ford. Zadarius Smith. Z. Yeah, agree there. Another guy, though, that's got to stay healthy. I mean, he hasn't had the same concerns other than last year. Isn't he, like, already hurt? Is he? <laughs> like, I saw a report that came out and said he's, like, already hurt. Like, a minor thing, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the thing with Zedaria Smith is when he plays, he's disruptive. Like, he uh-huh. came back for the yeah. playoff game. He had a sack. Yeah. He just got to stay on the field. Uh, Leonard Floyd. Uh, Chubb. Uh, Matt Judon. Judon. So all of those guys that I listed, D Ford, seventeen million a year, Zadarius Smith, sixteen and a half, Leonard Floyd, sixteen, Matt Judon. Where's D Ford now? Is he back in San Fran? Uh yes. Okay. He's thirty one. Yikes. So all of these guys too, when they signed those contracts were twenty six to twenty eight. Mm-hmm. He's 25 right now so kind of right in that area he's got a big year though right i mean if he gets back to eight to 12 sacks he's probably making 15 yeah yeah and your pass rusher i think you're gonna make at least in the teens yeah so uh, it, he just he just can't be a seven game zero sack guy this this year he has to have like double digit sacks in my opinion he's got to be 10 plus no excuse you should be playing with leads. You have talent around you. You got Randy Gregory now on the opposite side of you. Like 
there's no excuse for you not to put up at least 10 sacks. If you put up zero sacks again through like week 13, oh my God, there's a lot of questions then that come up. The Broncos exercised his option. So he's playing on his fifth year option, 13.9 fully guaranteed. I think that's a signal that the Broncos would like to extend him. Buy him, they've done it already. Uh, he, I think it's health. He's yeah. he, This is his fifth year option. So he's, I think if he can show that he can stay healthy and he can give you around 10 sacks, I think he probably gets an extension somewhere in that 15 to $16 million range. Yeah. So I, he's, he's just got to prove it this year. Cause like, like you said, zero sacks in 2021, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And in seven games, that's not yeah. a small sample size. No. Hmm. Yeah, and you remember the Broncos, when they picked it up, had to do it prior to last season. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. But the thing is, with a guy like this level of potential, he'll get picked up somewhere. Exactly. Like, even Clowney got picked up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Clowney was a huge disappointment in, in Houston. Yeah. Like, if you can get to the quarterback or have the potential to get to the quarterback, you'll find a job. Yeah. There's just not many guys that are good at it. I just totally blacked out that he was a top five pick. <laughs> like, if you'd have been like, who was the top five in 2018? Bradley Chubb would not have come to my name. He was going for, like, he was almost a number one pick. And then I he know. Fell, he fell to five. <laughs> That's crazy. Right. It, it is funny, like, we did all those draft episodes, and there's not a guy that was picked in the first round, other than maybe the Cole Strange pick, just because that was maybe a bit of a reach. But, like, every team I thought did okay. So you're saying there's not a guy you think is like a bust? No, but there's going to be plenty. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, plenty. Like, like in three years, it'll be like, 40%. Like, yeah. Do you like, remember that, that uh, Kayvon pick? Thibodeau got picked fifth? Like, <laughs> yeah. God, what were they yeah, thinking? It sucks. Like, Zero know. sacks this year. No offense to McDuffie and Thibodeau. We're just doing hypotheticals here. But yeah. there's going to be, like you said, half of those guys that will be no longer playing football or like making a vet men. Right. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. All the, optimism, all the optimism in the world in May and, you know, three years later, looking at bouncing off the lead. It's crazy. Crazy. Um, All right. Moving to Vegas. And then we'll hit some over-unders and we'll go through your predictions, <laughs> which are interesting. Um, Don't be a hater. It's just, I just well, we'll get to it. Um, can round two be more successful for the new head coach, Josh McDaniels. It was for Belichick. It was. He flamed out in Cleveland. Yep. Um, I do think experience is important. What I worry about for McDaniels is this division. Maybe he won't trade away his star quarterback this time? Maybe. I mean... Maybe. Jay Cut- the Jay Cutler, uh, he would have been way better with Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler for Kyle Orton and like a first round pick, and then then he became like Tim Tebow, like <laughs> yeah, some questionable decisions. Some there. learning curves out west. Yeah, I don't know. From what everything that's said about him is, he's kind of in that tier of at least offensive genius. Yeah. like the other young coaches, like the Shanahans, like the McVeighs. So can they transform that 
new Derek Carr, Renfro, Adams, Waller offense into something just with a higher gear will be interesting to see. But there is there is a world where they finish last in this division for the next two to three years. Yeah, there is. And the extension with Carr was a not that this is McDaniel's fault that he had, I don't think anything to do with it. That extension with Carr is bizarre. Why? It was like two years, forty million a year, but like none of it was guaranteed. Like, not to me showing a lot of faith in Derek it's Carr. Not guaranteed. Oh. It was a very team friendly deal. Wow. I know Carr said he came out and was like, I want to win in Vegas. I want to be in Vegas. So, like, he took the deal he did because of that. But to not get, like, to cover your ass and, like, get your guaranteed money. Kirk Cousins is getting fully guaranteed deals, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and if you're going to do if you're gonna do a two-year deal, like, okay, fine, I'll do a short-term deal, but, like, give me two for 40 each, but I want it fully guaranteed. Like, that's not too much to ask in today's quarterback market. It was just a weird deal from both sides, and to me, it doesn't scream confidence in Derek Carr. So, uh, and Derek Carr is a very good quarterback. That's why it's kind of questionable to me. I think they got like a two-year window here with the whole Adams Carr connection. Maybe three-year window. Like if they don't get it done, they they might just move off of both these guys. Yeah, but then you're if if that's the case, then you're probably starting over. Yeah, yeah and then Josh I mean. McDaniels is probably getting fired in four years. Hmm, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Like, if you're going to blow this thing up, I don't think Josh Daniels survives a... Well, I think they give, like, a two-year run, three-year run. But right, like, but if, like, after two years, they're like, ah, to hell with it. Like, trade Devontae Adams. We're going to move on from Derek Carr. That likely means Josh McDaniels is getting fired again. And I'm I'm okay with that. Like, I don't think Josh McDaniels... Are, as right now, I would put him in, like, a top-10 coaching stratosphere right now. He's no. He's prove it. He's, yeah, and there's a dark cloud from his past. Right. So like I'm not like, you know, riding riding or dying with Josh uh, Josh uh, McDaniel's right now. Like I don't think he's going to be a ten year, fifteen year coach there. Yeah. Not at this point in time. He's got to prove it to me. So like, if you're telling me he might get fired in three years, psh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Welcome to the rest of the league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think of John Gruden as a head coach? Let's pull out the. Yeah. Email scandal yeah. and his lawsuit and all that stuff, but just just as, just, a just as a football guy, John Gruden. I like. Would you rather have Gruden or would you rather have McDaniel's? McDaniel's, just because I think Gruden's too old school nowadays. He's like Mac. I don't think he adapts as well as to today's game. Is he? He was phenomenal twenty years ago, like in the Brett Favre era. Yeah, he was phenomenal. He knows his X's and O's, but like nowadays, I think the. You know, there's more college schemes coming into it, and he's getting older. I don't know if he as, relates as much as to these younger players, and like I don't know, like you know, Twitter's a big thing now. Like he's mm-hmm. he's an older guy. Like mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. I just feel like it's a different era for him, and he just didn't really adapt to the way like he, he should have, and just kind of passed him by. I think he's got a more of an archaic offense compared to like these new you know hybrid offenses. His personality is real interesting too. He's a weird guy, man. Yeah. His nickname's like Chucky, man. He's a weird dude. <laughs> uh, great in those Corona commercials, though. Great. Yeah, yeah. I like him as an announcer, kind of, too. 
Yes, fun. Uh, the stuff he used to do with ESPN in the like training camp where he'd bring in the quarterback oh, jets, yeah. that was fun. Gruden's QB school. Yeah, yeah, that was I fun like to that. watch. Um, it's a shame that the NFL made uh, him the fall guy for all this. Well, you and I were texting during the week, so it is looking like, well, one, you got uh, Dan Snyder and Roger Goodell have been subpoenaed to testify in front of Congress. We'll see what comes out of that. Yeah. And John Gruden in his lawsuit against the NFL – because amazingly, in all of these 650,000 emails, only John Gruden's were the ones that were damaged. Shockingly. Um, but he, I believe, won his first kind of round to keep it in court. The NFL wanted to get it to arbitration, yeah. which means Roger Goodell owns the arbitration. The court said no, which is good news for Gruden. Um, and it also means discovery, which mm-hmm. means the NFL is probably going to settle this. Oh, they don't want that coming out. No, absolutely Hell not. No. They don't want that public record. Um, they drive you like, I want $1 billion. <laughs> and the NFL might pay it. <laughs> I mean, hell, they paid $800 million to move a team from St. Louis to L.A. So that's probably good news for Gruden as well. So Gruden might end up getting paid out of this, but I don't think that – I honestly don't know if that matters to Gruden. Because like he just wants to be in football, and now he can't coach. He's kind of being blacklisted. An organization like ESPN ain't going to take him back. No, he's done. He's done. He's done. I mean, part of me wants those emails to come out real bad. Yeah, I want one hundred percent. But man, it's just so sad that he's not in the NFL or any sort of football capacity at this time. Like he was. He, I don't know, he, he's entertaining. He's he's very entertaining, and like you said, I love the QB school. He's a great X and X and O's guy. Like he's very informative and educational, and uh, and his passion for football yeah, just comes out. He's a football guy. I mean, now if it comes out, but the the thing with Gruden and all it's all these old school guys too. Like you can't be saying racist shit. No, when eighty percent of your league is mm-hmm. black. Yeah, like what are you thinking? And what are you thinking? Putting in an email. Like have you yeah, have you don't the, write it down. The internet's forever. <laughs> You're gonna be racist, but you dude, closet racist. There are people out here pulling up tweets from Josh Hayden when he's 14 years old. Like you, you can't write this stuff down. If you're gonna be, I mean, I'm not advocating racism whatsoever here. <laughs> but if you're gonna be racist, be yeah, a closet racist. Yeah, exactly. Like don't write it down. Yeah. So I mean, like, and if and God, you put yourself in the in the shoes of one of those players. How do you play for a guy like that now? Exactly. You can't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's kind of weird. Like you and I are of the era that kind of grew up with Gruden. Like he exactly. was the quarterbacks coach with the Packers, and then went to Tampa and Oakland. And yep. All right. Well, that's another tangent. Um, Derek Carr, a sneaky MVP candidate. So, yeah, he's got the weapons. He does have the weapons. I mean, he's probably still, like, where do you have him in your little quarterback rankings? Let me pull it up quick. Uh, quarterback rankings, uh, I'm going to guess, him. like, 13th. Exactly 13th. Yeah. So I have my 10 to 15 ranking is Kyler Murray, 10, Lamar, 11, Dak, 12, Carr, 13, Kirk Cousins comes in at 14, and Matt Ryan, 15. Matt Ryan might be a little higher than I expected. I think Matt Ryan, he he finally got he has an offensive line again. He might he might surprise you a little bit. I didn't read the article, but someone had like Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman as like huge fantasy sleepers this year. 
Oh, for sure. I can see that. Michael Pittman's a pretty good receiver. He'll break a thousand yards. Yeah. Well, and can Matt Ryan get back to like twenty sixteen, seventeen Matt Ryan with a good offensive line? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um so, you know, can he be a sneaky MVP candidate? Yes. I don't know if even if with like forty to one odds I'm betting on him. Really? You wouldn't throw ten bucks on that? No. I think you just might as well take ten dollars at the flush down the toilet. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think he might I think he might surprise you. He's got, you know, he has probably the best weapons in the in the world. He's got Adams, Waller, Renfro, Josh Jacobs. Yes. He's got McDaniels as a play caller now. He doesn't have Rich Passaccia. Okay, but in like <laughs> is he gonna be the best quarterback in this division? Uh, let alone the whole like, league. Ta- talent wise, no, but he could throw for five thousand yards. I don't know if five thousand yards is the most like. What, dude? You could you could have like Mahomes is Mahomes, like from a pure statistical standpoint and a winning standpoint. Like, if Derek Carr throws for forty five hundred yards, like that could still be third best in this division. Hmm. I think pure talent standpoint, he's probably fourth, right? Mm-hmm. But if he gets those statistical thresholds of like 5,000 yards, 35 touchdowns, five-ish to 10-ish picks, he's got a shot. And if he's like double-digit wins. I mean, if he leads the Raiders to a division championship, that certainly helps. There was only two guys in the league that threw for 5,000 yards last year, Tom Brady and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert. But Justin Herbert's going to have a way better defense to not have to throw for 5,000 yards. I'm just saying, in my opinion. if you're doing like an AFC West MVP discussion, Derek Carr might not even be in that discussion. <laughs> uh, okay. With Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Herbert. Like I'm, okay, yes, all three guys clear him, all right? I'm, I'm not debating that, but I'm saying a dark horse – this is a dark horse <laughs> MVP discussion. Yeah. I think him and like maybe like a Jalen Hurts are like my two dark horse okay. MVP guys. And like, That's fair. like you're looking at the Raiders defense. You got Mad Max. You got Chandler Jones. But like, what else? What else do you have on the back end? Like, not a whole lot. You got like Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullins. Like, you're not stopping a whole lot of guys. So like, they're gonna it's, be throwing the ball. It's gonna be throwing the ball a lot if you. <laughs> To like five thousand yards, if you're throwing for three fifty, four hundred yards a game here, because your defense can't stop a nosebleed, if you get to five thousand yards, you get to like thirty-five to forty touchdowns. Because now you got Devonte Adams, uh, Renfro took a big leap last year. Um, maybe you get a little more production out of the backfield from Josh Jacobs catching the ball in the backfield. Like you got weapons everywhere. Do you want to hear my hot take on uh, Devonte Adams? What's the hot take? He is going to take, from a fantasy standpoint, a big step backwards. How big? What did he have last year? 14, 17 touchdowns? What was his – I'll pull up his stats here. So Derek Carr threw for 4,800 yards last year with, like, a convict in Henry Ruggs and no John Gruden for half the season and, like, his wide receiver won as Hunter Renfro and, like, Brian Edwards. Okay, so uh, I might have spoke out of turn. So Devontae Adams last year had 123 catches, 1,500 yards, only 11 touchdowns. That number would have surprised me. The year before, he had 18 touchdowns. I think 
I think receptions goes down. I think he's probably around 100. Okay. I think his yardage is probably going to go down to about 1,200. Okay. And I think touchdowns is probably around 10. I just think Rodgers locked in on Adams. I agree. There's way more guys that throw, spread the ball around too. And I think Derek Carr is going to do a better job of spreading the ball around. Like, I think Hunter Renfro might still lead this team in catches. That's blasphemous. No way. You think he gets over 100 balls? Not Hunter Renfro. He's like the third I think, option. Now. I think he's, but I think, I don't, I, I think he could be used like, um, uh, like Wes Welker. Wes Welker. Like, uh, who's the other guy? Julian Edelman? Adult Julian Edelman, thank you. Yeah. Like that could be. I mean, I think role. he's a great I think he's a good player, but like to say that he gets more targets and even receptions than Devontae Adams. If he gets more targets and receptions than Devontae Adams and they're not winning ball games, we're gonna have serious problems. <laughs> he had a Hunter Renfro last year at a hundred balls. Hundred and three catches for a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Yeah. But he was wide receiver one. Now he's not. Now he's got maybe the best, arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league that came in that's going to be a huge mm-hmm. magnet target share to take that away from him. Like he was competing with Brian Edwards and like like Zay Jones last year, something like that. Hmm. I think it's a bad take. Probably I'm full of them. I have more. <laughs> Add it to your board up there. <laughs> yeah, that's why you wrote it small. Um, and that's the fun part about being a sports fan. Everybody's got an opinion, and they're usually all wrong. I just think I, I think Devonte Adams is like he's still like hands down the most talented wide receiver. I just don't think he's going to get like. There's so many games where Rodgers was just going to force feed Devonte Adams. I don't think. Derek Carr needs or wants to do that. I disagree. I think he's. You think he's still going to get fourteen catches, fourteen balls a game, probably eight, nine catches a game. They're best friends, and you can't double Devontae Adams. Even if you do double Devontae Adams, it doesn't matter. But then if you you have to contend with Darren Waller, you got to contend with Hunter Renfro, then you have to like make sure you load the box, otherwise Josh Jacobs is going to like run run right right through you. Like Mm -hmm. that offense is going to be so dynamic; it's going to be insane. And Derek Carr even threw for 4,800 yards last year. Justin Herbert was 5,014, so 200 yards more over the course of the year. Now you add Devontae Adams to that mix, and mm-hmm. your defense isn't as good as the Chargers' defense, so, so you're you, throwing the ball more. Yeah. Even more in more and more shootouts. So, like, I don't know, man. I think he might be a dark horse, like, top five MB, MVP candidate. I'm taking him in fantasy. Yeah, you're, you're selling me. You're, you're selling me. Um,. a question for you on the Raiders but now I'm blanking your last question for the team in the desert is Mad Max and Chandler Jones the best pass rush duo are they the best pass rush duo in this division yes better than Bosa and Mac yeah okay um, I think, like, like I said, like I'm hoping Mac gets eight, sa- eight sacks. Like, I think Chandler Jones clears ten sacks pretty easily, and Max is the better pass rusher of him and Jones at this point in their careers. Who's opposite of T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh? Like 
Ali Highsmith or something like that. Bud Dupree's now in um, Tennessee. Yeah, he went there last year. Also, did not do much in Tennessee. Otherwise, you got like Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd. Which is um, interesting with... Uh, you got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. San Fran, you got Nick Bosa and D Ford. I'm still going with Vegas. Because D Ford and Chandler Jones are very comparable. Chandler Jones is probably better, but they're comparable from a like age and experience yeah, standpoint. Yeah, 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 for sure. And I would take Bosa over Max, Max. Crosby. I don't know. But if man. you have Chandler Jones better than D Ford, then you know that yeah. could be a wash. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of teams that have like premier. Rashawn Gary is getting a ton of press this offseason. What about him and Preston Smith? Uh, I like that duo, but I don't think it's better than the duo of Max and and Chandler Jones. If it's going to be better, it's going to be because Preston Smith puts up big numbers. He has to, yeah, because Rashawn Gary, I think, is a, a superstar. Yeah, which is not good for the Packers because that means oh, dude, big paycheck. Big <laughs> cash, yeah. Um, the Packers are going to be begging Rodgers to retire at this point with some of these guys they got to pay. Who else is a top pass rusher that I'm forgetting? I don't think Tampa, the, the Shaq Barrett, JPP, I think they're getting older. Yeah, Buffalo's got Von Miller, but older. no one really else. He's got Von Miller and like, the other that's guy it. Side, yeah. um, like Greg Rousseau, who's a rookie, I think, last year. Patriots, it's really just Judon. Mm-hmm. What, what's in Baltimore? Nothing. Bear, bear cabinet. Baltimore just blitzes the house every play and hopes they can play man on the back end. That's worked for them in the past. <laughs> Can't beat the Chiefs though. No, they like they got them once because like of that whole like fumble thing that happened later in the game. But um, yeah, man, I, I think, I think, I think Crosby and and Chandler Jones, I think they clear everybody, man. The only one I would say may be Joey Boza and Khalil Mack. But. That one's close. Interesting. It also depends on, like, how you, like, rate it. Because, like, <laughs> if you look at, like, TJ Watt, he could have more sacks than yeah, both those guys both combined. combined. <laughs> yeah, dude, TJ Watt's a freak. Uh, which is yeah. kind of banana land. Yeah. All right. Should we do some over-unders? Let's do it. Okay. Um pull it up here where am i monday morning okay so i just gotta figure out who they have won in the division here so we got the chiefs who's the last team chiefs chargers broncos raiders broncos okay this is gonna (laughs) this is tight so they have the best odds to win the division with an over-under of 10.5, the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going over. Yes, I am going to go over as well, but I do think it's very close. I think they win. I got them at 11. I think 11 is about right. Uh, they have two teams at 10, the Chargers and the Broncos. Going over for both. Mm-hmm. Well, I have the Chargers winning the division, so obviously I'm going to go over. I think 
12 wins. Okay. The Broncos, I think, hit that number. 10? 10. All right. So right now I have Chargers 12, Chiefs 11, Broncos 10. And they have the Las Vegas Raiders at eight and a half. Uh, I say over. I think so too, but I think it's like, I think it's like nine, maybe ten wins. All right. I'm not as bullish on this division as you are because I you am have, extremely bullish on this division. You have all four teams at, with at least eleven wins. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think about, but the way like the win loss thing breaks down, like the records and the the uh, the schedule here, like. I think it makes a little bit of sense. So without going through game by game, do you have do you have like everybody splitting? Pretty much, yeah. Do you have one do you have any one team that sweeps a team or uh, sweeps the division? Let me see real quick. So you're so to fill everybody in at home, your your division winner, the Denver Broncos, you have going thirteen and four. Yes. So I have I'm just gonna like Name the people's losses here for each team. How about that? It'd be a little easier. Yeah. All right. So the Broncos, they have a thirteen and four. I have them just losing to Las Vegas, at Baltimore, at the Rams, and then I think Week eighteen they'll lose to the Chargers. Well, if they're sitting at thirteen three, they're probably resting guys. Exactly. So I think that Week eighteen. You have them winning at Kansas City. Yep. I have them actually you have them sweeping, sweeping Kansas, Kansas City. City. And, oh, no, you have them splitting with the Chargers. Now, looking at Broncos' schedule, since you have it laid out here, they do have a very favorable schedule. Oh, they open up with Seattle, Houston, San Fran, who might... San Fran might be tough. Yeah, well, we'll see who's at quarterback, but it's right? But in, it's in Denver. We'll see who's at quarterback. At Vegas, Indy, we'll see what they are with Matt Ryan. And then they got the Chargers, the Jets, the Jaguars, the Titans, Carolina. I mean, that's that's a pretty easy schedule. Exactly. That's why uh, that's why I have them at thirteen and four. The the question for them just becomes the division games. Right. Like, like sweeping if, Kansas City. Even that's if, not easy. Even if you split, you're at twelve wins. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go to Kansas City then next. Okay. So you got them at 11 and 6. Yeah. So I have the other three teams all at 11 and 6. And so Kansas City, I have them taking losses to Las Vegas because they never sweep Las Vegas. They always take a loss to them. Uh, Buffalo, I think that'll be a tough game. I gave them an L there. Uh, at San Fran, I just I just don't like the matchup there. Yeah. Um, and then at the Chargers – at Denver and home to Denver. I got them losing to Denver twice. What's crazy about this is with their schedule, they have to go to at Tampa, which yeah. you gave them a win. Yep. They have to go to at Arizona to lead the start the year. That's a tough game. That's No, there's no Hopkins. I know. It's still a tough game, though. Really? On the road, week one. If no it, Hopkins. Yeah, I'm just saying it's a tough game. All right. <laughs> um they got to go to Buffalo. They have a much harder schedule. Yep. So they could easily be 10 and 7. Yeah, and they got, you know, Cincy on there. Yeah, at Cincinnati, which you also have a win. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then we got the Chargers. So the Chargers, I got taking losses to at Kansas City, home against Denver. 
uh, at Las Vegas, home against Tennessee, home against Indy, and home against the Rams. So I have him losing to Tennessee just because if Derrick Henry's healthy, I don't, don't know if I to stop the really don't trust. Same thing with Indy. Like if Jonathan Taylor's healthy, like I just don't know if I can take them to stop the run. Yeah, the question for either of those teams, and it's kind of like we've shown it to be Tennessee's kryptonite, like if the Chargers get out to a hot start, you just kind of take that out of their back pocket. Like I just don't see Tennessee being able to put up 30 points. Right, right. So, I mean, to, honestly, I, that's a coin flip for me, the Tennessee Chargers game. I, I gave Tennessee the win um, just because of that Henry factor, but – so you I got could the, go either way. You got the Chargers going eleven and six, but losing three of their last four. Yeah, they start out hot and they kind of limp to the finish line. Would yeah. not make me feel comfortable as a Chargers fan. No, I mean Chargers aren't known to be juggernauts. No, absolutely not. And then you got the Raiders. The Raiders they open up week one at the Chargers. It's an L. Uh, then they probably t- the other losses they got to Denver at home, um, and then. Ooh, they lose three of the last four. Four of the last five. Oh, yeah, four of the last five. Uh, at the Rams, at Pittsburgh, um, home against San Fran, and home against the Chiefs. I I think I think Tomlin might pull, might pull one out of the bag there in, in December. Maybe. There's going to be upsets, so you can't just – Yeah, right. And yeah. if that's a game to drop, I mean, again, I'm – if you can get Najee Harris the ball 25, 30 times and, and just bleed clock and take some time off the clock, play a little ball um, possession uh, of the ball, you can pull out a W. Yeah, Otherwise, for sure. I mean, really, what other team is – you, you kind of mocked me on my 11-6 and six for every team except, and 13-4 and four for the Broncos. But, like, you look at these schedules, you're getting Jacksonville, you're getting Tennessee, you're getting Indy. Uh, you get in Houston. Yeah, they play if the they all they play the AFC South. If they if they all beat up on each other, mm-hmm. you know, you're, everyone's getting Seattle. So like, yep. And there's a bunch of gimmies on there. Plus, if you if you all beat each other up, I think the thing that is, I just think the thirteen and four, thirteen for thirteen and four for for, uh, for the Denver. Broncos. Like look now, looking at these schedules game by games, Denver probably has the easiest road. Mm-hmm. They had the benefit of finishing last, last because you're playing like Carolina. Yep. Uh, as where Kansas City's got to go to Tampa. Yep. Um, so that helps. I just like like I just feel like this division's so tough. So like for them to sweep Kansas City. That's they, hard for me to get my head around. They haven't beat Kansas City in 13 games. So they're going to do it twice in <laughs> one year? Hey, Russell Wilson's going big, man. I, if I had to put money down on anybody right now, I'm, put, I'm taking Russell Wilson for MVP. It's not a bad bet. Um, I don't know, man. Is it possible that all four teams go 11-6? and six? <laughs> That could happen. I, I I just so I, you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. I I just don't think like if it's true that Denver comes out thirteen and four, that's 
got to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like if any one team comes out of this division at 13 and 4. Yeah. That's your favorite to win the Super Bowl. I think that's the way America would see it too. Um but I think regardless who no matter who if they all make the, if say they all make the playoffs in this scenario and say Kansas City is like the 6 seed and I had to bet you know in January who's winning it, I think I'm I think I'm riding with KC just because of the championship factor. Could you imagine like you're you're you have a good year, you're the Bengals, you finally get like a two seed in the playoffs, and you got to open up against Kansas City. Oh God, yeah. Meanwhile, like on the other side, you got the Green Bay Packers as the two seed playing, I don't know, the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> or or like you know the Commanders sneak in. Yeah, yeah. At some nine and <laughs> some nine and eight team. Yeah. That's brutal. The AFC, AFC man, is just so stacked, so brutal. It's just a gauntlet. It's weird because, like last year, the NFC was so stacked, right? Mm-hmm. And now it kind of flipped. And all the, you know, Russell Wilson went to West or West uh, AFC. AFC. Like Deshaun Watson now is in the AFC. We, you got just, and then you know Herbert and Burrow have just emerged. You got all these quarterbacks now in the AFC. And it's just the cupboard's so bare in the NFC right now. It's pretty much a joke. The NFC is very top heavy. I don't know. There's three teams. Yeah, the Rams, Packers, and, the and everyone else is Buccaneers. garbage. I don't know about garbage. Okay, Dallas is like Dallas and the Eagles are and like mid tier. Mm-hmm. They're mid, and then everyone else is pretty much hot trash. Giants, Bears, Lions, mm-hmm. Commanders. Uh, who else you want to name out there? Your Vikings. Yeah, the Panthers. Panthers, yeah. Falcons. Falcons. Yeah. Saints will probably be okay. I got the Saints being like 11-win team, man. You have them winning the division. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Anything else? Uh Oh, one other thing, uh, just like housekeeping thing. Did you see that Aaron Donald interview? He came out and said that... Uh, told you, man. He's got like... There goes the phone. Um, I, I I think he's leaning towards retiring. That's wild. I think he's kind of like the the same mold as like Calvin Johnson. Like go out on top, go out while you still have your body. Yeah, I could see that. Like because he even said like it's not about the money. Right. Like yeah, they could give me thirty million dollars a year, but. Yeah, he came on said he said I'm I only plan on playing eight years and it's eight years is up and Got he's kind of at his mark. Yeah, it's it's gonna be crazy if Aaron Donald retires. It's a big loss for the NFL, not just the Rams, but the NFL watching him play every Sunday. Especially since he is still so dominant. Yep. Like those last two plays in the Super Bowl, he just said, "I'm going to go out and win the game." Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. For a defensive tackle to do that is wild. Two hundred and seventy pound defensive tackle. If he does retire, th- that's a huge hit to that defense. Oh, yeah. You can't replace that. So. They immediately go from Super Bowl favorites in the NFC. To, to like, like a nine-win mid, team. Yeah, ten to win like team, a mid, yeah. Which is wild to think about how much of an impact one defensive lineman can have. Yeah. But it's so true. Like, that defense becomes so much less scary. Mm-hmm. It would make the NFC that much the road through the NFC that much easier for the Packers and the Buccaneers and 
in That's your it. case, the Saints. The Saints. <laughs> the Saints. Jameis. If Jameis Winston makes it to another Super Bowl before Aaron Rodgers does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jordan Love era. Jordan Love era. Let's go. Would the Rams be the favorite in the NFC West without Aaron Donald? No. I think San Is Fran. Is it San Fran? Yeah, I think San Fran. Even though you don't know who their quarterback is? Yep. See, if it's yes. Jimmy G, I'm going no. If, if it's, it's Jimmy trade. G, I'm definitely going yes. <laughs> the man's, okay, honestly, like, we were talking about, like, the man's, the man knows how to win. The man knows how yeah, to win. Yeah, by handing off the football. The man knows how to win games. Let's look at, <laughs> I, I want to see Jimmy G stats. All that matters is his record, baby. Yeah, we'll see about <laughs> that. Can I get a game-by-game game stat? I don't want a season by season. I want a game by game. You're just a hater of Jimmy G. He hand, he threw the ball like six times. Okay, dude, that was one game. Sorry that – look, we're Packer fans. Sorry that Zadarius Smith can't stop the run. Yeah, but he I'm just saying like – kicked in. Why, there is a why lot that goes into winning, and it has nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Game manager. He's like Alex Smith. But, like, he's got a better defense. In, I only played six games. It's probably not a great. In six games in 2020, he threw seven touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah, that's not, that's not great. <laughs> no, that's not great. <laughs> it's not great. That's not great. There's no defense about that one. <laughs> but uh, he had 20 and 12 last year. What did he go? What did he go like six and zero though? Five and zero. He was nine and six. That's <laughs> not right. Is that right? That's not right. 15 games you went nine and six look at that that's a that's great not even winning that's a great winning percentage nine and six that's a great winning percentage <laughs> that's barely over 500 he probably made the nfc championship game yeah he did last year <laughs> see in 2019 the other year they went to the nfc championship they went to the super bowl no yes no they were 13 and three that's a phenomenal winning percentage in my estimation. Yeah, but then one and two the year before, and three and three in twenty twenty. His career winning percentage. Look, does Jimmy have flaws? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm yeah. just saying, if Trey Lance is starting, he's got way more gives, potential. Yes, exactly. He's the unknown. He could also go. He could also win seven games because he's de facto a rookie. Yeah. If Jimmy G is the quarterback, like you know, you got like a ten-win team, just because like he knows how to manage it. He knows he's not going to screw it up. He ain't going to screw it up. You're just a hater, and he doesn't mind. What do you mean he doesn't mind? Like I think he's he just likes to win. I don't think he minds. Like he's he's not going to be a problem if you're running the ball thirty times a game. Oh heck no! Yeah, he's great. And I trust Kyle Shanahan to figure out draw something up. Yeah, I hope that Aaron Donald doesn't retire. Me too. Well, I take it back. You want retires, it's it, easier for the Packers. It's easier for the Packers, but like watching him and his excellence, yeah, I, I want to keep that going. Yeah, I just don't know when you ever find another football player like that. Maybe never. To do it from the inside. Yeah, maybe never. Like, 
And to do it at, after eight years is just crazy. There's actually been a rash of retirements. Post-June 1st, a lot of guys will do it to help their teams out from a salary cap standpoint. Alex Mack retired. Yeah, I saw that. Um, someone else just retired today or announced it today. Uh, hold on. NFL. Oh, Romeo Cornell retired. That's not who I was thinking of. <laughs> 39 seasons in the NFL. I'm surprised Romeo's still kicking, man. Honestly, he looked like he was pretty uh, rough shape there five years ago, ten years ago. I know. 40 years in the NFL. That's wild, though. Well, anyway, should we wrap it up? That's all I got for today, man. All right, next week, where do you want to go next week? I picked the West this week. Where do you want to go? Let's go north. North. Okay. And then we'll fizzle off with the south and the east (laughs) (laughs) limp to the end of of june that's what we do in this podcast we start strong and limp to the end so (laughs) we'll we'll do the uh afc north next week all right all right everybody thanks for listening we'll talk to you all later bye